Listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Why Did I Get Married Too? Why are we doing a podcast on that? Well, stand by. We'll explain more about that in a second. But first, allow me to introduce you to uh, who also watched Why Did I Get Married Too? Uh, Christian Molanski. Uh, I'm Kelly. I love you on Sports Shuffle. Is this your bodyguard or something? Ah. <laughs> And with a tag... What? Yes, Kelly Warren? I'm just upset. Well, with a tagline, now that he is upset, we have with us Kelly Warren. So, with a tagline for Why Did I Get Married To? That's weird. I thought Black Death didn't win. And Mm -hmm. so it begins. (laughs) Now, didn't win what? Kelly Warren, why did we watch uh, before we... Because democracy prevailed. This is what happens. Mm -hmm. Because people paid $1,300. To make us watch Why Did I Get Married 2 and talk about it. No, that's not democracy. The technical term would be plutocracy. Oh. <laughs> so we had a listener lottery, and the winner, in case you're just tuning in, you haven't listened to us in the last couple of weeks, uh, we randomly chose from people who donated to the, the podcast uh, a winner. And uh, the winner is a Tyler Perry movie called Why Did I Get Married 2. Not even the original Why Did I Get Married, not one of the Medea movies, not Alex Cross. None of us, I believe this is true, none of us had ever seen a Tyler Perry movie before. Is that true? Had you guys seen anything before? Uh, I hadn't, but I was going to see this anyway because it's inherently interesting to me to watch people ask each other why they're married. I don't believe that for a second. So this was a bit of an educational thing for us. The winner was a fellow named Soren Hoogland. Soren, well, uh, you know what? Well, maybe we'll have a few choices. Well, Soren, I was going to thank Soren. I thank him for his participation. I'm not sure how I feel about his choice of movie. We'll get into that in a second. Well, um, I, I, I'd yes. seen a Tyler Perry movie. What? No, you hadn't, Dingus. Yeah, sure. What? Star Trek. What? He's in Star Trek? Yes. He's not. He as is. who? What? As, um, as Admiral... Damn it. Admiral Barrett. Barnett. Ad- Admiral Barnett. Um, I liked better when he said it was Admiral Dammit. Admiral Dammit. Wait, really? Tyler Perry plays in, is one of the officers in Star Trek? And an admiral? In the, in the, the, in the reboot Star Trek. He's one of the, he's, the he's first an admiral. One? Don't you guys remember that? Yeah. What what kind of part is it? Does he get to talk or anything? Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a tiny little part. But yeah, he's in there. Oh, so, so we so had have seen, seen him. Yes. Mm. Did you know that seeing Star Trek, or did you not realize that until we had to watch a Tyler Perry movie this week? No, I remember it being a splash at the time, just that he got to show up in that movie, and then late in the game of writing notes, I remembered, oh yeah, that's right, Tyler Perry showed up in This movie. lowers his cachet, in my opinion. Well, it also makes Dingus something of a Tyler Perry authority. And Star Trek nerd. Well, we knew that. Nice! Did you go, when you saw that, Yeah. <laughs> did you go, nice! Here, here we go. And then the, did the thing... Yeah. That's awesome. The cat lanterns at the end remind you of the spaceships in Star Trek. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so that's why you're now listening, hopefully. And stick around. Come on. We promise this won't be awful. We hope not. Uh, this is why yeah. you're listening to a Why Did I Get Married 2 podcast is it was the, it was the whims of fate in a random number generator. Uh, <laughs> it's proof that it wasn't rigged. I don't know if it's proof that Tom knows math. Uh, you know, that's a good point, Kelly Wand. If this had been rigged, I can think of about right. – 
no thirty other else. movies that we would have picked. Yeah. So, uh, so Dingus, why don't you tell the listeners um, what year was this movie even? Uh, this movie was uh, in the year two thousand and ten. Wow, so old movie. Okay, oldish movie. Dingus, why don't you tell the listeners in case they don't yet know what is it that this movie is that we saw this week? <laughs> That's so racist. What that was the it? original title of this movie. Is what is the the movie that we saw this week was two <laughs> drink. All right. So this week we saw Tyler Perry's "Why Did I Get Married?" Two question mark. Mm. A 2010 American comedy romance drama contest winner pledge drive movie. <laughs> <sighs> what the? Is that where we're going this quickly? Kelly, yeah. what? I'm just trying to get in the spirit. Him and his morning zoo sound effects. Um, Uh, about four couples on their uh, annual marriage retreat uh, and their struggle to pretend they're in a movie when they're in a sitcom. Hey, that's not cool to sitcoms. (laughs) I agree. Uh, This is no Breaking Bad. Um, The movie was directed and produced by Tyler Perry and written by him with (sighs) staff writer Jordana David. Uh, It also stars Tyler Perry with Janet Jackson, Jill Scott, Sharon Leal, Michael Jai White, Richard T. Jones, and Malik Yoba. Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married 2? question mark is rated PG-13, mm. as Kelly told us last week, mm-hmm. for thematic material including sexuality, language, <sighs> drug references, mm. and some domestic violence. I'll say. All right. Let's see. Uh... I forgot to look up what this got on Metacritic, so I'm just going to guess. On Metacritic, Why Did I Get Married 2 is at 34. Does that sound plausible? As plausible as any of it. Clickety, clickety, clack. <laughs> Should I bother? I'm sorry. I totally yes, forgot. Yes, we want I, to know these things. Okay, yeah, I literally I, I'm, I literally just finished watching this movie before we were recording, what? and I thought I was ready. Uh, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, box office. you got to let it process. You're not even... Uh, no, no, no he, I, he started watching it five days ago. Shut up! <laughs> That's not true. Well, okay. Partly true. That's Why did I get married? Uh, this is so unprofessional. I apologize to our listeners. Uh, why did I get married to two? Is it forty three oh. on Metacritic, which is the average, which is the average rating from various reviews that use ratings, and on Rotten Tomatoes, which gauges the percentage of reviews that are positive. You know, it's really hard to like type one thing while you're saying another thing, and you're I thinking find. about that movie, which is pretty so much to think about. Well, Kelly Wan, speaking of things to think about, why did I get married to is it 26% on Rotten Tomatoes? That's the Whoa. number the of top views. critics? What the heck? Well, if you toggle top critics, Dingus, of course it's going to go up to 42%. Uh, well, that's top. more in line with uh, Mega. Now, if we uh, check out its box office take, uh, why did I take? See, that's what happens is when you're talking and you type, you end up typing what you're saying. Uh, why did I get married? You're to? easily trolled, I've noticed. That's something that's always fascinating me about you. I'm going to dump, and I'm going to For purge. a video gamer. I'm going to purge. I'm going to dump. Uh, it's opening weekend. Wow, look at that. Opening weekend, it made $30 million. Oh, my God. Uh, and its uh, its total take was $60 million. I mean, we don't normally know that. Uh, well... But, uh, mm. Yeah, so there, there you I go. Uh, on why that is. Well, it, well, it opened against... Um, is this right? Clash of the Titans? Am I looking at the right thing? <laughs> Wait, who who won between Why Did I Get Married 2 and Clash of the Titans? Clash Tyler Perry's Clash like of the Titans? Four years ago. 
Suspense was the first Opsis, and this movie came out, I thought, in 2010. Wait. Well, was, guess what? I know, you're right. Time's passing. There's Kelly Warren. That's why I did the math. Uh, Damn it. All right, this so has been said, why I did the math. And that's tonight's podcast. Thanks for So me. actually, that's funny. On its opening weekend, it was beat by Clash of the Titans for, for, it for whatever it was. Ancient rivalries yeah. um, at stake, I think. So there you go. So Kelly Wand, let's say that uh, I wanted to not see Why Did I Get Married to, and instead just have someone tell me the things that happen in the movie. If I was to hire you to do that, Kelly Wand, what would we call this assignment? You did hire me to do it, but you didn't pay me anything. But we won money for it. The listeners did. This is a basically Kelly Wand like Da Vinci. This is the prize. Da Vinci doing some great works of art. You were commissioned by people to do oh, this. Right. Like if Mona Lisa was the prize. So I consider this Kelly Wand. This is the equivalent of the, the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And what would we call this from you, Kelly Wand? Why did I get married, Tupsis? Awesome, Kelly Wand. I want you to drive it like you stole it. Oh yeah, I've got to tell you some. I came into work Thursday morning and I shambled. Just part the of the office, <laughs> right? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. Just pretend it is. And okay. I heard. I heard a girl go. It's a shame they stopped getting pop tarts, and also they were worried about the riots. <laughs> and then I left. Just thought maybe. Also, good. why did I get married too? It did beat How to Train Your Dragon. On, oh, on okay. I quit. I, I'm dropping. The no, no, only for the second weekend. How to Train Your Dragon won its first weekend. On its second weekend, it dropped to number three below Why Did I Get Married Too. Crazy. Wow! I know. So they had a kids movie, a Greek movie, as I call that genre, and a romantic comedy. A romantic comedy. So they split the pot, as we call it, so to industry, speak, in the biz. All right. So why did I get married, Tupsis? Kelly Wand, would you like to tell me where you've received your training? Oh, I heard that guy's alive again. Uh, we don't know if it's a life model decoy or what's the thing. But there's there's some uh, comic book nerd explanation for why Clark Gregg is in. Ha ha! You know what I'm talking about, a. And B, <laughs> did you hear Dingus's moan like I'd given something away? Like, oh, that's too important. You always so, give something away, so my moan is perpetual. Just assume my moan. Uh, Dingus actually, I'm surprised has not been watching Agents of Marvel Shield. He knew to moan though, although I should have assumed he hadn't watched it along with the moan. Sure. Okay. Why did I get married to sis? Some lions. Well, Kelly Wan, Dingus and I watched the Avengers today with his son, and I just want to reiterate, <laughs> you, sir, are insane. Avengers is – I might put – so I have referenced before that I think there are a handful of perfect movies in the world. <laughs> I might, after I've seen it a few more times, consider including the Avengers in that elite company. Along with Armageddon, another – No, Armageddon's not – Armageddon oh. plenty of flaws, but I, I think it would go – no joke, Kelly Wand – along with – I can't wait to hear your reaction – along with – I can think of four movies that I would consider perfect, and I'm, I'm seriously considered changing that statement to five movies to include the Avengers. Uh, Casablanca, Chinatown, yeah. Jaws, and yeah. Toy Story 2. I am considering including the Avengers Sequel? in that list. Bad form. So many wrong things going. Dingus, on. you're on board. If we if we go to if we like petition the White House to recognize this statement, or will you sign the petition with me, Dingus? Oh, happily, and uh, and I'll get my son to sign it too. We've seen it like five times. Are you kidding? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. See, Kelly Wand. See, you're going to be left out in the cold. Yeah. I mean, it's got that one. It's got that one funny part with Hulk. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, I derailed you on purpose. So Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married Tupsis by Kelly Wand. Feel free to derail me during this because it may just go on for. Uh, oh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this.
<laughs> are those Tom's hands? And what's no. them? Okay. They're like my hands are like paddles. <laughs> those are his thighs. Ah, see. Uh, I know. Remember when we saw it upset last? Yeah. Time? Look what happened. That's so nice. <laughs> I, I thought. You know what I thought while I was watching? Why did I get married too? I kept thinking of you guys talking about. Yeah, man. This like after enough said like how it was adult and you related to the scenarios because you're like, yeah, I'm in the age now where these things are. I can relate to these situations, dating life, and I kept thinking that during why did I get married too? Like you guys thinking that like yeah, this could happen to me. This is so <laughs> Thursday morning. I birthday cake anyway. <laughs> Why'd I get married tubes? Some lines made in TPS reports, logos, slog past. A kid smashes a bowling ball into his front door. His dad, Tyler Perry, <laughs> picks him up and shakes him upside down, cackling while his money and gold chains fall out. You playing with your balls, little man? Sidebar. I look around the auditorium of the Revival House I'm seeing. This Wait, guy. Kelly, what, what movie did you watch? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. What just happened? <laughs> Well, I'm seeing it through a, the prism. Joni Mitchell of joke, and what's going on now? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember this at the beginning of the movie. His kids like banging up the furniture with the uh, bowling ball, right? Okay. And then he picks them up. All right, yes. And he goes, "You playing with your balls?" Yes, right. The, this is Kenya's brother. Tom, you saw this like an hour and a half ago. Wait, two hours ago. Cause this was the part I saw five days ago. <laughs> this was, I didn't. I did when I watched. Why did I get married too? I did it kind of in an installment plan. See, I did like when I did Spanglish, and I like wrote the opsis while I watched it. Mm. Sidebar, pretend I didn't say that. I look around the auditorium of the Revival House I'm seeing this in and realize I'm the only white person surrounded by African Americans. To try and fit in with them, I stand up, clear my throat, and go, Oh, too bad Daniel Day-Lewis didn't have a nude scene in Lincoln, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't either, Dingus, but I might be enjoying it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Eventually, I clear my throat and sit down, and then I get up again. And I go. That movie was really eye-opening to my kind. Not to imply we have different eye shapes. Uh, eventually, I sit down again. I'm no Eminem, but I think it went pretty well. You still enjoying it, Tom? I didn't know it was going to take that angle. I, I kind of regret what I said. I'm going to hold judgment for now. <laughs> my, you know, my wife is half Asian. I really can't say anything right now. Ah. <laughs> oh. See what you did. Tyler Perry's all, hey, look, family, my best friend hosts cable sports show. His friend on TV's all, fuck sports, I'm talking about cheerleaders. Woo! Mrs. Perry's all, is that cheerleaders report live show we watch every day live? That motherfucker's going to miss our plane. One of their kids is all, oh, you're our parents and you're leaving? <laughs> Tyler Perry's all, hey, what I say about calling your mother that shit? I remember, y'all can't come. Just like I laughed in your faces at Disney World last year. Couples beach therapy for fucking... Uh, couples beach therapies for grown-up motherfuckers only. You feel me? Remember when you watched that five years ago, Tom? Dance? What was it? <laughs> it's how my black friends talk. So they notice I'm in the room. The little girl's all, yeah, instead of getting us to leave the house, it's mom and dad and friends number one, two, and three and their wives. Tyler Perry's all, oh, now it's friend number four, I'm afraid. And the little boy's all, what happened to number three? And the little girl's all, they got themselves a divorce. The boy's all, what's a gwavorsk? They're all, uh, mumblecore, uh, comp- <laughs> The opposite of Mumblecore. There is so nothing Mumblecore about this movie. 
That's racist. Very this is uh, obvious core. <laughs> Tyler Perry's all. I think I'm going to pair by hiding inside this fridge. Grammy, y'all take this one. The little girl's all. It's when a couple realizes shit that used to be tolerable ain't never going to be good again. The little boy's all. Oh, like sequels. The little girl's all. <laughs> and it's usually preceded by parents going to sit on beaches with other ones. Tyler Perry looks at his wife and goes, You're the one who wanted the private school. The mother-in-law's all. That's exactly like, exactly like. Tyler Perry's all. Motherfucking great. Now I got two of them. Do you remember that scene, Tom? Is I, it not- I don't remember that line, but I certainly remember the scene and the hiding behind the refrigerator. Because I was hoping that when he closed the refrigerator door, there would be a monster there. See what I did? There was. Oh! Uh, too soon. <laughs> They carry their luggage down the driveway and into the car while some music plays. En route, Tyler Perry says, see you later. That's what you say to your kids when you're getting off the plane. <laughs> They're not even invited to the airport, Ryan. He pulls the car out so we get a long, lingering look at his personalized license plate, UGX82E9. <laughs> at the sight of this, all the black people in the audience around me go, hell yeah, for real. Give each other high fives. I eventually give a knowing squawk and raise my hand too, but they all look away uncomfortably. They get to the airport and watch a great big fat person walk past a British flag. Mrs. Perry's all, here's your decaf. Tyler Perry's all, thanks, bitch. Hey, what the fuck are you so happy about? You know I hate that shit. She's all, just going to be nice to see other people for once, but especially to not see your best friend from the last movie, Stinky. <laughs> Tom, you said you watched both movies. So I did, I'm- yes, and I, I watched a third Tyler Perry movie. I've, I've watched, I've had a busy week. And one of them took you five days. <laughs> did you watch the first one, Kelly Wan, or was some yeah. of this confusing to you? Yeah, it was really confusing, and I want you to film it. <laughs> or was some of this confusing to you? Well, yeah, because the stinky arc I didn't get. Right, yep. <laughs> They hear the wild female black character shriek, Motherfucking luggage! Her husband's Arsenio. He's all, damn, sure wish I'd made some duct tape. She's all, y'all, duct tape's gonna get a cap up its ass out of the way. I'm hugging your motherfucking best friend while his bitch watches. Hey, fool. (laughs) Uh, Tyler Perry hugs her and goes, Damn, girl, that straw hat's got sharp edges. And I thought we was cookie cutter. Come on, Arse, let's go over there so my wife has to talk to yours. <laughs> the shrew wife saw that motherfucker think he's such a big shot now that he says cheerleaders on TV every day. Murder him in his sleepy tight, yo. Mrs. Perry's all now loud character. We all promise we have a drama-free beach drunk. She's all, yeah, but not wild turkey-free. Check out this flask. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Getting this motherfucking party started. <laughs> that was me, by the way, not the car. Meanwhile, at the hour li- at the hour line counter, and meanwhile at the airline counter, Tyler Perry's all. What do you mean you turned up boarding passes into confetti? Can I talk to your supervisor? She's all. Wow, it's Arsenio Hall's character from Cheerleaders. I watch your show all the time. I dream about it. Tyler Perry's all. Man, we're married. Not to each other. <laughs> page two here. She's all. This must be your bodyguard. Arsenio's all, yeah, his name's Chorpus. Yo, Tyler, what's the matter with your neck? Tyler Perry's neck's all, 12, 11, 10. <laughs> all the people around me laugh again and then notice me and stop. 
the shrews all, oh yeah, y'all both talking to a female airport employee. Attention airport, my husband's having our boarding passes printed out. Dig his seeds. They fly to Cuba <laughs> at school bus. <laughs> Is that a script note? There's no script, Tyler Parentis. Dig his seeds. <laughs> It's stage direction. A guy we've never seen in his plus-sized consort get out walk around a house. <laughs> in the jungle. On a beach. The plus-sized ladies all, oh my god, this is so interior. He points at a wicker table. She's all stunning. I can't wait to talk about our relationship near such beautiful duvets. So, yo, scuba flipper. She's all, if you ever had doubts about the existence of God, bingo. He's all, money on this, huh? This <laughs> is endless. At least she just, didn't have to drive. She's ah, oh, see, they just, Kelly. One, some of this would have made more sense if you had seen the first one. There, you did miss some important backstory. Oh, before they they get there to the house in a car. <laughs> uh, in the first movie, she tries to get on an airplane and she gets thrown off the airplane because she's too fat. So her husband or her boyfriend at the time, Stinky. Guess, it's her yeah, husband. Stinky. Oh, it is. Okay, so he uh, says, "Oh, well, you know, rent a car and drive to meet us." He stays on the airplane and flies out to the resort. They're in the mountains somewhere with a girl, with, with her a hot girl. friend. Yes. Yeah, with her hot friend, and then makes her drive a rental car. He doesn't yeah. act like that in this movie. Well, no, this movie is more his so redemption. Well, well, yeah, because he gets cancer. Virtual, yeah. Yeah, you get cancer and it makes you a better person. Why do they – and this was the Hangover 3, too. Like, they keep thinking we want to see characters redeemed and healed and not funny anymore. I'm pretty sure the audience of this movie does. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. But go on. Actually, that's a spoiler. We don't know for sure. You know, I'll, I'll wait and it we might get be, to that part of the – This office. could be the Empire Strikes Back entry, and then he goes back again. I, I actually was wondering as I was watching it if Tyler Perry was going to do an Empire Strikes Back. And turn out to be – We'll just leave all these unresolved notes yeah. hanging. But fortunately, oh, this attack of the clones. Yeah, turn but fortunately, we have that, that U-Haul truck took care of that. So, <laughs> Who was driving it? That doesn't matter. I <laughs> like to think it was. Never mind. <laughs> all right, yeah, I cut you off. Okay, so they have the theological debate. It. It's, yeah. it's like Lord of the Rings length. Because uh, <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> He's all, so we spent money on this, huh? She's all, baby, don't look at it that way, please. You promised me you'd think of it as diamonds flushed down a toilet, which admittedly also leads to the ocean. But this is what we need. He's all, shouldn't I have gotten a job instead of blowing 12K on three days in Bermuda? She's all, can't you just pretend you're happy and rich for one week? I do it all the time. Look at that guy cleaning our swimming pool. He makes more than you ever will. By the way, I'm pregnant. He's all, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Hey, look, Janet Jackson. Hi, Janet. Y'all have another baby in y'all? Janet Jackson's all. We can't. He's all, hi, Tyler Perry. You survived your flight down. Tyler Perry's all, unfortunately. What's the fuck was loud and stupid the whole way over the cuckoo's nest? <laughs> all the black people around me laugh and clap. One goes, aw, shit. And then I hear a match struck, and then I start smelling weed. Janet Jackson's all, where are they at in the car arguing? Mrs. Perry's all, yeah, I need some wine. Tyler Perry's all, and I need some crack. I laugh extra loud at this, but it's just me. Tyler Perry's all, oh, man, is that Sheldon out there jet skiing with them sharks? His wife's all, yeah, but more importantly, Stinky's upstairs changing. Tyler Perry's all, changing? Oh, man, can I go upstairs? The women all laugh and make dick motions with their fingers. Meanwhile, Arsenio and the shrew come in. 
She's all, damn, this is what I call an Andy Gump. He's all, no, bitch, this shit's called a house. They bigger. (laughs) Damn, why'd I get married one? And she's all, how come he also had wedlock heretofore the sequel? The four guys sit on four jet skis on the beach and pass a bottle around. Tyler Perry's all, damn, my jet ski ain't working either. You think maybe we should swim out of the ocean? <laughs> What's all the fuss? It's overrated. It must be out of gas. Should be called sand skis. They never ride them either. They're just, uh, it's push coital. Tyler Perry's the eye of the painter. Arsenio's all, yeah, it took Florence two hours and three pipe bombs to convince Southwest Air that she was a terrorist, and another ten hours to convince the chick behind the counter she was a hoe. They all toast. Clink. Yo, Tyler, you ever slap Jeff Jackson's ass? Tyler Perry's all, I think I'm married to Vivica Fox, and hell no, her black ass cheek would fart all over my hand, but her Asian wanted to call the cops. They all toast again. Tyler Perry's all, you know, we all made a movie about marriage and women already, but I didn't learn a damn thing from it. Probably won't this time, neither. Arsenio's all for real, and they toast again. <sighs> you guys have any comments to make this point? Arsenio Hall's all, so bro, you slide into home base much lately? Tyler Perry's all, huh, what the fuck are you talking about? Arsenio's all, you know, choking the chicken, lubing the bratwurst. Tyler Perry's all, oh, you mean having sex? They all look away. Wans is all, wow. Arsenio's all, I mean, you go into Seattle Mariners games. Man, all women are crazy. I laugh and look around. Tyler Perry's all, now they twazy. Everybody in the audience pumps their fists and goes, woo, woo, woo. I look at my watch. Seven eighths to go. The fifth guy they all hate shows up. Mrs. Things all, man, that motherfucker I'm married to. Fuck, y'all yeah, mean. Janet Jackson's all, mm-hmm. Mrs. Janet Jackson's autobiography to get her husband's cell password. That night she's all, you know how I spell your first name, Arsidio? Password. So give me your mother's maiden name. He's all, fine, my password's UGX, whatever the numbers were on that license plate. She has no response. Meanwhile, Tyler Perry's all, let's have sex. She's all, oh, C-3PO. Tyler Perry's all, excuse me? Oh, I mean C-3PO box. I'm going to take a bath now. Long story. But Tyler Perry's eye strap. (laughs) Dingus is listening anyway. Tyler Perry's eye strays to her laptop screensaver with a severed golden arm, and he looks troubled. <laughs> the plus-size lady accuses the guy nobody likes of trying to start some mess. The black leans down and whispers to me, what the fuck's that mean? When I look over, I see it's Tyler Perry. <laughs> I start to answer, but he shushes me, even though in the movie says anything for the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> is this synopsis turned it briefly into such a, a sort of an absurdist French play? There's, yeah. a, there's a little Beckett in there, Kelly Warren. Perry Beckett. C3PO Buck. C3PO. I like the part where Tyler Perry asked you a question and then the movie, nothing happened in the movie for five minutes. That was wonderful. Uh, that just happened. So what you're saying is 
you like where we're at. <laughs> I do. <laughs> He's all, yo, bit, or this is a stinky talk on the plus side. Think. We'll find out. <laughs> He's all, yo, bitch, remember when we were 18 and we snuck into TJ Maxx to steal some socks? That was the most romantic night of the security guards' lives. Also, I loved how red walls of our apartment were. She's all, they were taupe from the blood you squirted out of my ear with that fondue fork. And when you turned out the bedroom lights, it was dark and cold when you opened the window. <laughs> He's all, I got AC now. It's even colder. She kicks his ass out with the broom. The next day, Sam Jackson, no relation to Janet, and Halle Berry, no relation to Tyler, throws some crematory dust in the annoying wife's face. <laughs> she screams and sobs and drowns while jellyfish cats on her boobs. And her friends all cackle and point from the floor. Sam Jackson's all, the chick whose ashes those are scream like that too. They all laugh some more. I look around the audience, but everybody's gone except for a single jellyfish who's texting. Tyler <laughs> <laughs> probably left the movie. <laughs> jellyfish stayed. Yeah, French play, Tom. She's found out. Halle Berry's all fireworks exist. Janet Jackson's all, hey, old couple. Thanks for traumatizing our friend. How'd you like to not watch fireworks with us for dinner tonight? It's a why-the-fuck-did-we-get-married dinner where we all compare our marital miseries and consume prodigious amounts of alcohol. You guys are married. Sam Jackson looks at the drowning chick and goes, We have the dust of many other dead friends we can bring and inflict on her. Halle Berry's all, And some wine. I found half a bottle just lying in the sand in a sack down there. We're living in the future. They drink wine for dinner that night. And take turns getting up and explaining why they got married, too. Or at least started having sex initially. Tyler Perry's all, well, I met What's-Her-Face here and knew I didn't want to spend the rest of my life with her. I just knew. But I got confused. They sit down. He stands up again. Wait. I guess he sits back down again. The plus-size one and the deadbeat stand up. The annoying, the stinky guy makes fart noises and cat calls. They say stuff and sit down. Didn't. I zoned out during that part. Janet Jackson's all, me and my husband, would we like to go? She looks away from herself. This is so sudden. Um, wasn't expecting this all day. Sam Jackson and Hallie, why don't you go first? I really had no idea this was going to happen. This question is going to come up from the title. <laughs> Sam Jackson's all, we were married three years. More like 300. Ha, just wanted to see if she'd remember. Plus, she's deaf as she is dry. She's all, maybe that's why you went after that mother Abigail. I saw him throttling children in a parking lot. He said, hola. Maybe it was the way he mispronounced my name. Sam Jackson's all, y'all do your best to forget this entire night. You still won't forget me saying this. Love, true love, it's always overdrawn. Janet Jackson's all, okay, that's our turn. She and her husband looked un- look uncomfortable. She's all, you want us to talk after that? <laughs> Everyone starts to leave, but she stands up and goes, okay, we love each other very much, almost as much as we love all of you. That's why we're getting a divorce. Probably would have been cheaper and less awkward to let you know by mail, but eventually she sits down. Everyone starts to leave again, but she gets back up and goes, we're still going to live together and have kids and have sex and be buried in the same coffin, but as friends... Behind her, some fireworks yawn. Some lawyers take seats and start handing out divorce papers. <sighs> Tom, any thoughts about the opsis right now? 
I thought you did a better job than Janet Jackson uh, with that scene. I'm from the streets, Tom. Your makeup isn't as good, though. Uh, <laughs> I don't agree with that. Kelly, I think your makeup way better than Janet Jackson's. She's, it's just a that guy that wasn't, she was the one who... Kelly, when I look at you, I don't get <laughs> creeped out and think of Michael Jackson. So you've got that going for that you. That was so romantic. <sighs> You're probably the only one, Tom. <laughs> Arsenio and Password go home. Olympia Dukakis peeps over the fence and goes, hey, Password, come here. I like how you guard your hopes rub a hose when he sprays me. Also, I can barely hear your husband and that white man in the bedroom at lunch when they're, you know... She picks up some shears and snips some radishes. <laughs> She's from Australia. <laughs> it's the only accent I can do. No, it isn't. Oh. Meanwhile, Deadbeat comes home. Plus, I is all, how'd the interview go? He's all, they didn't get it. They told me while I was en route, pulled up in a limo and put my resume in a shredder and drove off again. Said my wife wasn't long-suffering enough. Meanwhile, Janet Jackson still lives with the guy suing her. He's all, I gave you my phone password, so half 800K you made right in that chapter's mine. He gets drunk, assaults her, and sets fire to Mylar. She's all, no, the only pictures either of us took of our dead kid are in that album. <laughs> he burns a couple of them. Wait, wait, stop. Don't put it out. Hold on. No, stop, please. It's too much. Don't wait, do it. Hey. Please, don't. Stop. Okay, we'll talk. We're getting a divorce. No, don't. Burn that. It has pictures. He burns a couple of them and goes upstairs, and she decides the rest aren't worth preserving. <laughs> Goes upstairs too, but I guess to a different room. The music's all. Who can't relate? <laughs> Me and Robert De Niro eventually realize we're the only ones laughing. And- <laughs> Good job, counselor. Nick Nolte and his kids. Very upset. <laughs> They tough it out because they paid the money. Just how it To offset my discomfort, I turn on my phone and watch footage from Super Bowl's 04 halftime show. <clears throat> Password somehow gets onto a TV set, makes a scene, and then goes to lunch with the girls and yells at a white dude who recognizes her from the episode because she hates attention. They debate whether the drunken assault and arson by Janet Jackson's husband means he's cheating on her. <laughs> Remember that part? I don't, I'm not making that up. They concurred actually as you with all the weed that Password smoked in college. <laughs> Conversation ends because Tyler Perry gets women's problems. What size begs the guy no one likes to tell the chief of police that he plays golf with to hire her husband as his caddy? Then she goes home and goes, where's our son? He's all, oh, he was making noises. I had to put him down. He gestures me. <laughs> That's what he said in the movie, I thought. He gestured. Baby, I thought you left me. She's all, why? He's all, because you say you're going to every day. She's all, but I'm lying. People lie all the time. He raises a laptop. I made a spreadsheet of all the stuff I could do without you. Have sex. She sniffs the laptop. Laptop? Laptop. <laughs> and giggles. Smells good. He's all, I got a job. Washing your ex-husband's balls. It came out of nowhere. I go, none of his real friends can hook him up with a gig at the fucking TV station or something. Tyler Perry's back. He shushes me. Janet Jackson destroys all her glass belongings with a golf club. And Vivica Fox (laughs) is with a gun, along with the help. Then Janet Jackson brings a tranny and a cake made out of notebooks to her husband's work. 
<laughs> hires a truck to sideswipe him and makes the rest hug each other in the hospital <laughs> while music plays irritably. Eventually, an old man in a white shirt comes over and stares at them mutely, so Janet Jackson shoves everybody into hugging. In keeping with ancient African-American custom, once a married member of your circle dies retardedly, nobody else in the circle is allowed to get a divorce. Uh, a year goes by, during which nothing happens. Oh, I can't wait. Here we go. Here's the money shot. Yes, Kelly Wand? Then Janet Jackson gives a speech yes. auto safety. Yes. So Harrison Ford asks her out. No! Oh, you wound me. <laughs> Ooh, shit. That, see, that's why they. That's why that movie won, though, is for that last yeah, shot. Yeah, we got Rick Roll. Oh, really? Did yeah. No, oh, come on. That's got to be it. It's, it's the only thing that makes sense. No one wanted to hear that option. Well, we do know uh, someone named Charles Wheeler, who uh, who also voted for this, has actually posted in earnest some uh, great stuff on our forums about uh, Tyler Perry movies, and he voted for it. It never occurred to me that maybe Soren Hoogland was just trolling us for the final appearance. I think they both were, which means they saw the movie, ha ha. <laughs> but also, it really opens up like the whole nature of what winning means and like the pledge drive. And- well, tell okay, is that really the part of the? Is there more? I mean, is that no, that's what you a- had to go with the synopsis? Yeah. Okay. So what what actually happened is we've had a running debate on this podcast in which it's taken me a few episodes, but I have finally convinced both of my co-hosts here and the vast majority of the listeners that Dwayne Johnson is indeed a better actor than Harrison Ford. You've convinced uh, Harrison. You've convinced, <laughs> your, so, you've convinced yourself almost. And and so this this cameo, unlisted by the way, he's he's not credited in the cast list. Dwayne Johnson shows up as the the kind of consolation prize, not the consolation prize. I think she's definitely trading up uh, as Janet Jackson's new uh, husband, her new relationship. And he's he's rich and he's charming and he's he's a better actor than Harrison Ford. It's a it's a great it's a great uh, development for her character. He hits on her after seeing her cry. I was just delighted at that. Uh, uh I don't think you've convinced anyone, including Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> and Dwayne Johnson too. and the Rock. Convinced either. Right. I don't think Dwayne Johnson's convinced. Have, have you? Has anyone ever? Has anyone seconded you on this? Yes, plenty of people. Actually, absolutely, Name including one. you. Guys. I know that you guys believe me when I say. Has it. anyone seconded you in the same sense that you seem to think me and Dingus have? <laughs> Imaginarily, uh, I I can totally win you guys around. I mean, all we have to do is start uh, comparing various roles. Uh, you could not see Harrison Ford handle the stuff that Dwayne Johnson does in The Tooth Fairy, for instance. He's just not up to it. It's uh, weird to me that Dwayne Johnson's not in Expendables 3 and Harrison Ford is. Dwayne Johnson has certain standards, Kelly Wand. That's now, that, true. now that his career is really taking off. This would be in Hollywood Homicide. Uh, All right, so uh, Why Did I Get Married 2 with a fantastic cameo at the end that certainly uh, made me feel it was time well spent. As as a Dwayne Johnson completionist, uh, it was nice to to see him show up. You watched this right before the podcast started, so you still have your erection, I assume. I've still got a little bit of a glow about me, yes. Uh, Just like the wives (laughs) at the funeral. So I watched uh, this and the first Why Did I Get Married. I also watched... Um, in, the, in the correct order, yes. Uh, I also watched uh, Alex Cross, which I didn't realize. Dingus had told me this, but I didn't realize until as I was watching it, I, I was assuming that it was something that Tyler Perry also directed. Uh, but then when the credits come up at the end, it's a Rob Cohen movie. The guy who did the original Fast and Furious, and he, I think he did 
did he do cellular? He did one of the triple X movies. Um, so it was not a Tyler Perry directed movie, but because he's the lead in it, uh, I do feel that it's a Tyler Perry movie. Um, so, uh, that's what I did this week. Boning up on that. Dingus, you did watch. Nobody here has seen a Medea movie. Is that correct? Um, I saw the Martin Lawrence one. There's a Martin Lawrence Medea movie? Big Mama's House, where he's a woman. Oh, right, right. But so, the, yeah. Uh, the Medea movies are, are they, is he playing a woman or a crossdresser? Or what's the deal with those? Does anyone know? <laughs> I thought you would wait. You don't know this. That he's was just part- play, he's just playing this grandma. He's cross. Right. It's just a. It's, it's not. He's like, not a cop trying to bust. It's like Dame Edna. Edna. I mean, it's like. Oh, so he's really playing. He's not playing a dude playing a woman. Like it's rather than casting some woman as a grandma, it's a character he's doing that he dresses he's up. Black as a yeah, it's, it's one of his his characters, and it's kind of how he made his name and and created his empire. Hmm. All right. Interesting. And, he, and it's a huge empire. Isn't I mean, Perry. he's a big deal. Tyler Perry's huge. That's so weird, isn't it? Uh. Well. Uh. Does um. Dingus, tell me a little bit about this empire. When you say empire, you just mean he is basically making whatever kinds of movies he wants to. They're profitable. Uh. Anything beyond that? Like, is he in TV or anything like What's that? What's huge, man? Huge is a. I mean, it's a weird word to use for. Uh, I mean, he's basically his own studio. I mean, he he's 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 a screenwriter. He's a playwright. He's a producer. He does any movie he wants to do, and he makes a huge amount of money doing it. And he, I think, he built it on the this drag Medea character that he created. And uh, I mean, really, he's his own studio. Uh, he can do anything he really wants to do. And I think it started with this movie, Diary of a what is it? Mad black Diary of a Mad Woman. Is the, I think Diary of a Mad Black there. Woman. And um, it's, it's not called that, is it? Yeah. Diary of a Mad Black Woman, isn't it? I thought yeah. it was Diary of a Mad Woman. Oh, okay. No, he has to point out. All right. It would be Mad White Woman if it was a white woman. She would have write that. So anyway, he he's his own studio. I mean, uh, he he makes he makes tons of money, um, and so. The movies that we watched are sort of the romantic comedy version of that. Is sellout movies, or these are the movies? No, no, not sellout at all. It's just a, a different part of his brand. It's it's him making his When Harry Met Sally, and it's not a sellout at all. It's just, I'm going to branch out in here and show you that I can do this too, and this is part of my studio. I mean, I mean really, I think he's creating his own sort of you know, the way Oprah Winfrey has made her television empire and her magazine empire, he's making a film empire for himself. Dingus, uh, do you know if this is based in Atlanta, or were these two movies just shot there? I have no I have no clue about that. All right. Sorry, I just know that he's he's a huge brand, and he's, he's a studio. He is a studio. I think my theory on that is because black people don't have very many options. Like, they don't get... There's no other Tyler Perry rivals. I kind of disagree with that. I mean, there are a lot of black-oriented m- movies. Not that many. Are there? Um, well, there That's... are enough. I mean, there's a demand there, and there are people meeting the demand. Um, what, what I wonder about is if... Uh, what I was struck by watching this movie, and I don't know if this is... Watching both of the Why Did I Get Married movies, and I don't know if this is true of Tyler Perry's other stuff, because I haven't seen any of it. Uh, Alex Cross is just a dopey action movie that has pretty much nothing to do with... Tyler Perry just happens to be an actor in it, uh, and it's it's terrible, by the way. Um, 
But my impression with the Why Did I Get Married movies is there's really nothing aside from the casting that's unique to the experience of being an African-American. I mean, I didn't get a sense that I was looking – I got any insight into how any people different from me live their lives. Like I didn't feel like I was looking at anything distinctly black, Uh, and that's fine. I mean, but I I felt more like I was just watching a really – uh, just I don't I don't want to say mean things about it because it's not necessarily bad. It's got enough competence to it, um, but I just felt like I was really watching this sort of base level of entertainment that was that was engineered to appeal to a black audience with casting. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if his other stuff is like that. None of the but, payoffs are. I mean, they could have just been anybody. Well, that's the thing. Is yeah, there, none of the storyline, nothing in the script. You could have just as easily cast white people in these roles. There was nothing here that seemed unique to the experience of of, of black Americans. I, I just didn't understand beyond casting uh, why this was this way. Um, it wasn't funny though. Like in the white version, would it be either a straight comedy or a depressing? domestic i cannot imagine a white version being any different i mean the the white version is any gary marshall movie no because he wouldn't have like golf clubs going through yeah these are gary marshall all right right. gary marshall movies this is valentine's day these are any of those horrible gary marshall movies it's just the same thing but he's smart enough just to make it with a new cast to appeal to a different segment of the population who is going to buy it and they bought it I mean, it's yeah. it's no better than I mean, it it feels like a sitcom. It then it moves into movie of the week or after school special when we get to cancer. Um, it has a little bit of dramatic element to it. It's just the same Gary Marshall path. Um, it's just that he's smart enough to say I'm going to cast it to a certain group of people and we're and I'm going to sell it that way and it's going to work and it does. I <laughs> mean, there is there isn't there's there's some stuff that's geared. That's geared toward that. That's that talks about like barber shops and whatnot. I mean, there's there's some things that are culturally steered, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, this feels like a template more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, the, what it reminded me of, um, and the sitcom observation is right on, Dingus, because the the way that it sort of ping pongs from wanting you to be. Uh, Take it in in earnest and, and sort of feel sad, and then but for the most part, it's just played for cheap and it's easy music. laughs. It's, the music cues are just so obvious, even the way it's shot. Uh, you know, there's one shot. Uh, I would, what made me look up where they shot this? There's one scene at the second story of the house in the Bahamas where it looked like they were shooting in a studio with a scrim outside the window of the beach. And I was like, wait a minute, did they really go to the Bahamas? And they didn't. This whole thing was shot in Georgia. Um, so even even some of the production values just felt sitcommy. But what it reminded me of uh, is a guilty pleasure of mine, and it reminded me of a less skillfully made version of Modern Family. Uh, Modern Family is a hugely successful sitcom on ABC. Um, it uh, it tries sometimes to be earnest, but uh, for the most part, it's just played for laughs. Uh, it, it is very carefully engineered, Modern Family, to appeal to certain demographics, which I also feel, feel is the case with Why Did I Get Married and Why Did I Get Married too. The, the difference to me, though, is that Modern Family has an incredibly talented cast. They have varied characters. You know, the whole social engineering in Modern Family is for breadth. 
rather than that sort of laser focus that's in this Tyler Perry movie. You know, Modern Family has the white bread couple with the three kids. It has the gay couple with the adopted Asian daughter. And then it has the older fella, Ed O'Neill, a, a veteran of sitcoms, uh, with the super hot Latino wife and the weirdly precocious son. So right there, they've got this really just carefully engineered broad demographic appeal um but and 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 furthermore there's some really subversive stuff in modern family with the gay couple with some of the issues in there uh and even occasionally modern family can be really well written for the most part it's not uh basically you get one good episode and two so-so episodes and then two terrible episodes um but what this reminded me of is that level of storytelling about families and this pat exploration of married couples um, so yeah, the sitcom observation thing is right on target, and I certainly thought about it a lot as I was watching this. But sitcoms are fun. Like the whole point, like you get they screw you with the earnest music in the last two minutes of them, but like for the twenty minutes before that, it's like Laverne and Shirley drowning in pudding and stuff. And this, there's no right. pudding in this movie. It was. I all, think there is. I mean, I think for a lot of people watching, they think the jet ski conversation is pudding. Oh, what? Is, do they? That's They're so easy, though. That's such a low... They're very easily bought. Well, I don't think it's a good movie. Like, I don't think it's a very well-made movie, and I don't think there's much crap to it. And I don't think, by the way, here's a huge thing for me. I don't think much of the cast is very good. No, they're uh, all terrible. They're all, bo- they're all boring idiots. They're terribly written and terrible actors. I, I disagree on one... Uh, it, uh, I think there's one exception. The neighbor? No. <laughs> Dingus, if you, so, Dingus, you and I know each other a lot. We, we talk a lot about actors that we really like. Can, can you guess the one exception I would, I would pull out of this movie right. as someone who I thought was really good? Oh, really good. Yeah, really good. Okay. So much so that I would watch this actor. I would, I, I'm curious about this actor's other movies. Seriously, yeah. Dingus, come on. No, come on. Uh, you tell me. Do you, did really no one stand out for you, Dingus? The Rock? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Uh, I I really thought, considering, and a lot of it has to do with the rest of the cast, I really thought that Tasha Smith, that's the, she's the shrewish wife, she was she was really energetic, she had great comic timing, um, I, I liked her a lot. She could handle, there's a, there's a redemption scene between her and her husband in the first movie where the husband tells off his mistress and then the mistress sort of gets sassy with him and she steps in and, and then they, uh, Tasha Smith and her husband character, they have a makeup. I thought she could handle those kind of, uh, whiplash things from funny to serious. Um, I really liked her a lot. I thought she was really good. <laughs> no, really? Is that is that laughable, Kelly Wand? <laughs> uh, I mean, she's only have she has one note for most of the movie, and it's the shrill. <sighs> but the thing is, with that note, I still found her really likable and really funny. If any of the other actors had tried doing that, I don't think it, it would have worked. You're just, but that okay? I mean, nothing else. By compa- I mean, you're basically well, saying the volume. But- no, 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 because when you say the one note, I also feel that she handles, you know, when she softens and they have their little makeup, I feel she's selling that stuff pretty well. Uh, I just feel that she is way better than the other actors in the movie. Um, I agree. I agree she's better than the other actors in the movie, but I, I don't know that I want to see her in anything else. I mean, the, the problem is when she asks, why why would you want to be with me? All I can think of is, well, yeah, that's what all of us have been wondering, but right. that's a problem with writing. That's right. Right. Well, will you guys at least grant me that she looks phenomenal in a bikini? Compared to... (laughs) She does. I I love it when they throw ashes on her and then the two of them say, yeah, we were just here to find a seat for the fireworks. (laughs) 
really the ashes were ancillary to this whole process no. <laughs> um but i mean she's fine and she looks she looks great when she comes out of the ocean that time but but she's so shrill it's just hard to watch i mean well, she's a clown for the most part. It's a clown. Well, just the writing is so horrible, and he's yeah. the worst exposition writer I think I've ever had to sit through. He's the worst uh, writer. Well, it's not just the, it's just the exposition. It's so it's just like you yeah you mean Atlanta and the baby. I mean, I just I feel like it's just all these improvise these, that. these exposition moments are just clanging down on the floor as the movie starts, and I'm like, geez, I, I guess you're just making sure that. All the people who didn't bother to sit through your first movie can tolerate this one, but God, his exposition is horrid. I mean, just let somebody else write your movie. Come on, do you have to have every credit? Jesus, and he's bad at all of them. Well, he's he's doing fine for himself, and he's competent. I mean, he's made a movie that has enough craft to it. It's just that just get a couple writers to help no. you. What's the movie that has enough craft yeah, to it? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this movie has enough craft to it. I mean, it's it's no worse than any Gary Marshall movie. So it's it's a fine mainstream Roma, romantic comedy okay. sort of sitcom okay. movie that that the masses w- will be. I mean, it's not incompetent. It's just bad. Right. And and so if you're so egomaniacal that you have to have director, writer, star, producer credit, I mean, come on, just get a writer in there. Don't. I mean, the one person who gets a writer credit is like a staff writer, and it looks like it's a grudging credit. I mean, give a, let a couple writers come in here and help you write exposition because you've got something that you, I mean, you, you know how to run a studio and you know how to make something that will appeal to a masses. Then get the writing at least... Fine. I mean, he can't direct, but at least, I mean, do something that would be useful because the writing is so horrible. Dude, I think his writing is just typing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's a good point, Kelly. I forgot that. One of the things that I really appreciated about this experience and Soren picking this for us is when I first started, when I started watching the first movie, Why Did I Get Married? Uh, I had no idea. Which one, by the way, is Michael Jai White? Cause, and why do I know that name? Think it's uh, Michael Jai White is the um, is the he Marcus? Yeah, okay, yeah. what do I know him from? Isn't he? Wasn't he on Family Matters, but not Urkel? Wasn't I wouldn't know him from TV, but Dingus, do we not know him from any movie that you can? Good see? Times, the movie. I certainly recognize the name, and I, he did look familiar. But at any rate, I I didn't know well, any of the act. Oh, well, go ahead. Well, a cool name. We we know him most. Famously from Spawn, but I mean, he's been in so many tons of things. He's Spawn. He's that guy. Oh, yeah, he's Spawn. I guess uh-huh, that that's what Tom knows right. from. That's more embarrassing <laughs> than that. Well, when I first started watching the first movie, I didn't know any of the actors. I had no idea which one was Tyler Perry. So part of watching the first movie was okay. Which one? Which is the? Is he? Is he going to count? What roles he going to give I can himself? Close-ups. That's well, I really, I really thought he was Janet Jackson's schlubby husband. That, that uh, naturally the guy would cast the, his biggest celebrity as his wife. So for, for, for most of while I was watching, why did I get married? The first one, Kelly, one you, uh, you got to start with the second movie, so I didn't have that luxury. I really thought that the schlubby guy, uh, who was Janet Jackson's wife, husband, was Tyler Perry. Um, so when I saw the credit list, I was like, oh, he's he's just Wait, sort of the dies. Well, I'm talking about the first movie, Kelly Wand. Uh, he does. Nobody dies in the first movie. Yeah, he, he doesn't come back. It's not like an angel movie. <laughs> uh, 
Chris Rock or anything. But I also, uh, I don't, I don't think he's that good of an act. I mean, he's a, I don't, I don't mind so much that it's not that well written. I mean, for what it is, for a demographically engineered product to make money, fine, whatever. You know, bless his heart, keep doing it. He's obviously successful, but he's he's not a good actor, by the way. Uh, and that's what one of the things that you know I appreciated about Tasha Smith, um, Janet Jackson, by also horrible, so completely out of her oh, depth, she's horrible, embarrassingly horrible. <sighs> um, and and they give her so much dark pathos. emotional weight, pathos, exactly, Kelly Wand, uh, and that's just embarrassing. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't. I think, I think it's, Tyler I don't, Perry thinks he's a good actor in the way that Kevin Costner thinks he's a good actor. I mean, he really thinks he knows. He know. He think. I think he he pretend. He not pretends, but he puts on the trappings of being a good actor. So I'm listening, and I'm going to say things quietly, and I'm going to be concerned. I think he thinks he's a good actor in the same way Kevin Costner. Does. Here's the the dingus where I cannot imagine Tyler Perry having his own. Um, what's that Joan Allen movie? Uh, Madness. Upside, no. Upside of Anger. Yeah, I can't imagine Tyler Perry doing something like Kevin Costner does in Upside of Anger, where there's a self-awareness there and a humility, uh, and it really plugs into what the other actors are doing. Well, what uh, I was Kev- hoping that when you watched Alex Cross, which I was excited that you would do and I wouldn't have yeah. to, is that sure. he would be in somebody else's movie and it would be right. like, you know, right. well, at least he's good in that. No, it's clearly a marketing decision to cast him as a lead. He, he's supposed to be this super smart uh, almost like a Sherlock Holmes guy with uncanny insight who can tell you within five minutes of meeting you your your life history and what you had for breakfast breakfast and there's all these that that's the whole idea for the character like super shrewd uh, and of course really tough and good in a chase and an action sequence uh, he's so completely out of his element he's not convincingly intelligent to me like it seems like a terrible choice for that. I agree I agree Kelly and that that can be a dicky thing dickish thing to say about someone but it's absolutely True. So you, you don't buy him as a pediatrician? And that's another thing, too, about the movie. All these characters are so one-dimensional. For the most part, I had no idea like what they did for their jobs. When, when, uh, at one point, when um, when Angela is going to confront her husband, Marcus, that, that she thinks he's having an affair, and she says to the, the white neighbor, watch the kids – I thought, wait, they oh, have good kids? That made me so angry. All of the things involving kids made me so angry. All of that. And that and that not only what you just said, Tom, that oh yeah, that's right, you have kids. I forgot. It's that this neighbor she can barely even talk to. She's like, Yeah, watch my kids. I'm gonna run off to my husband's job now. Anybody who has kids would never I mean these people, they they have a baby and they run off to b- the right. Bahamas. And she has a I mean, gun shooting it through the walls. <laughs> Jesus, that. I mean, where are the kids? We They're have kids. another wall. <laughs> well, that's part of the that's part of what's so badly written about it is the characters are so one dimensional and all these little details they only come up when it's convenient. Uh, you know, how did Marcus get to be the anchor? How did that? Poor beleaguered fellow get to be the anchor of this hugely successful. He's not good at it. Poor show. He's, uh, right. Well, he was a he was a pro he was a pro football player in the first movie, and he got injured. I mean, oh, I guess right. right. He says that's what I'm saying. You know, he's lying. So if he goes, oh god, that's such a sitcommy thing sure. too. Like, uh, so such easy, <laughs> low hanging fruit what for a sitcom joke. Yeah. Are you having a laugh? I know it's, it's 
horrible sitcom line. But well, what did it's you... the fact that the kids just they have yeah. no bearing whatsoever, and that these people apparently props, basically every year to this marital retreat, so this woman can do this completely unscientific study on them, but they clearly haven't been on this retreat uh, in all of the years since the last movie, so there's been five years since the last one, because now they have a baby, and in the first movie, the the initial the initial conflict between Tyler Perry and his wife is that they had Kenya, the daughter, and that they and he wanted to have a son. So they've obviously had a son, so it's got to be five or six years since the last marital retreat, but there's no real mention of that. And the kids just don't figure in at all. It's just nobody ever calls their kids. Nobody ever references their kids. No, There's no conflict with children whatsoever. Right. These aren't parents. These aren't people. Well, they're probably, yeah, the kid, like I said, the kids are props, and it's particularly disappointing after we saw what, what was done with the idea of family and having children in Enough Said last right. week. Right, uh, right. It's, it's just yeah, so sad to, it's so sad to just come back to this kind of pat glib treatment of married couples. Um, and so what did you guys think then? Um, I'm guessing it didn't work for you, of course. None of us really liked the movie. But what did you guys make of these late attempts? And for Dingus and I, it was through two movies. Like, I think of both movies as part of a whole. But there's, there's the weird attempts to introduce these dark tones and dark scenes uh, at the end of Why Did I Get Married 2. Uh, what did you guys think of some of that stuff? Uh, wait, which ones do you mean at the end? Yeah, like the idea of the, the one the asshole guy has gotten cancer, and then the car wreck kills the one guy. And, and certainly that domestic violence scene... I was like, "What? What's? What are uh, we supposed to make of this thing? What are we supposed to do with that? I mean, there's this sort of pseudo rape vibe going on, and I have no idea what they're going to do with that legally. And all of that divorce stuff with the lawyers and the eight hundred thousand dollars, and we're just right. going to suddenly right. go off on this tangent with two characters who have given us no indication that they will go in this way at all. Yeah. Well, uh, no, neither of them's really developed. I mean, those are the probably the two least developed characters in a movie with eight very underdeveloped It seemed characters. like the first movie would have explained... Like, that's the part I was wondering if that made sense. If you'd no, they're, they're kind of a... Because they have a dead kid. No, you can, put, you can put any of these characters on a small index card. I mean, actually on a postage stamp. There's, there's really nothing there. Yeah. Uh, so I find that reprehensible. I mean, I find just... We're going to throw cancer up there. I can't, I can't stand that stuff, and that's why I throw Gary Marshall up there. I mean, I just, I just find that stuff just so, uh, just distasteful. I mean, I'll watch it if I have to, <laughs> but it's just, it's just horrible. Uh, Dingus, maybe you should start watching Modern Family. Maybe you're ready now. Now that you've seen how bad it can be, maybe it's time for you to see how how good it can be. No, I, I'll, I would gladly watch Parks and Recreation a second time before watching. What does Parks and Recreation Dingus have to do with Why Did I Get Married 2? Uh, it, see? It's got fully developed characters. <laughs> I risked my case. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Kelly Wan, did uh, did you at least learn anything of like political relevance or maybe about I, I don't know the the sociology of affluent American families or race relations? Did you learn anything like that from Why Did I Get Married too? Uh, a penis is the only male body part that cries in different colors. One two three, not only you and me got one eighty degrees, and I'm caught in between. One two three, I, I don't even know what that Wait, was. He said, he said, he said, he said, 
this is the thing I have to prepare for. <laughs> no, it's about because different colors. It's like race relations. So it ties in, and it was about um, you know marriage. That's for penises. By the way, for a better for a better penis reference, I recommend everyone see Enough Said uh, with Julie Louise Dreyfus and James Gandolfini. That's Campbell so white of you. Wait, also teeth. Just <laughs> <Jeez>, like. <laughs> Uh, Dingus, what is this week's three by three? And boy, do I hate it. <laughs> so, Tom, how do you feel about this week's three by three? Well, we'll get into that in a moment, won't we? These are your three favorite reveals. I was hoping for character reveals. Uh, I was trying to avoid things like the sixth sense. And, uh, you know, how when uh, Napoleon Dynamite shows up on stage and he actually does this awesome dance, and you're like, hey, that kid can dance. That's not a reveal, because we see him do the cassettes, isn't it? No, we, we know that he gets the cassettes, I think, and we see him practicing to them, but I don't think you ever actually see him. I, I think it's definitely uh, Jared Hess wanted that to be like a character reveal. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I'm going to or, or like the the, uh, the that sun, Sunshine movie, whatever that is. Um, little you're hoping, Sunshine. Yeah, you, you think, oh, that little girl, look at that little reveal. She has so, a little dance. The difference between uh, you and me, Kelly Wand, is that when Dingus says that Sunshine movie, I think of the Danny Boyle sci-fi movie. You immediately go to schmaltzy, sundancey kind of indie film stuff. Because well, Dingus had, is saying it. And he had to write a, a whole thing about a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll mess you up. Yeah. I feel like Tyler Perry right now. So why I hate this, Dingus, is there's not a single one I want to talk about that I would want anyone to know about before they've seen the movie. Uh, and I, uh, all okay. of these were like, I don't want to say these things because I want to talk about cool, obscure movies. As a matter of fact, the things I pick are things I would not want anyone to know about. So I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm just going to tell you guys what they are. Uh, so I hate this topic. This is just a, a way to, for me, have me mention things. I would I would start this off with saying, hey, have you seen such and such a movie? And if they'd said yes, we would talk about it. Um, but unlike what happens on a lot of 3x3s where we spoil stuff, these are specifically things that I wouldn't want spoiled. Um so that's why I hate this topic. Well, I wasn't. Are you talking about like character reveals? Or are you talking no. about things that are like? Um... No, these are character reveals. They're all specific okay. things about a character, and they're how you learn things about the character. And I feel it's the movie's job to tell people that, and not mine. Um, which is different from saying things like, "Hey, your favorite assassin," uh, for instance. So I just—it's just my whole weird spoiler nature, and you know, I think it's a fascinating thing to talk about. But I just don't want to talk about it to people who maybe haven't seen the movie. Unlike when we do more general topics, um, and I'm worried that the readers are going to send in things for movies I haven't seen and, and tell and things. Right? Yeah, Dingus has to read it. I'm going to I'm going to put my fingers in my ears. But Tom, you've seen everything. There's nothing left for you. There's I've probably seen I've seen an, a lot of things, but I've seen I you know I haven't seen a lot of things, Kelly Wand. Yeah, I've I, seen a lot of things, and I haven't seen a lot of things. You know everything with a twist ending that exists. <laughs> well, this doesn't have to be twist endings, too. Like like Dingus said, this this is even worse in a way than spoiling a twist ending because I love watching a movie and having the director reveal little clues or the, the writers or the actors or whomever reveal little clues about their characters uh, that I wouldn't want to know in advance. I thought they were well, this isn't This isn't really about twist endings. I mean, and I'm kind of excited about the way Tom's talking because mine are fairly they're, they're older movies. They're not older, but they're not current movies. They're movies everybody knows and they're pretty common, so Right. I'm kind of actually excited to hear what Tom has to say, even if he doesn't say anything about it. 
Well, you've yeah, I I was I was actually when I sat down, I was just okay. What are the last few movies I've seen? Because pretty much any movie that's not just awful, it's not just some uh, stupid horror film or, or formulaic <laughs> romantic comedy, has some cool character reveal. Like enough said, for instance. There's there's a whole bunch of them in enough said that I, I would want to bring what, up. What reveals? Yeah, absolutely. Things about the characters. Hmm. I don't remember any of those. <laughs> Did you see enough said, Kelly Wand? <laughs> I didn't see the reveal parts. I saw uh, the unreveal parts. Well, let's. Uh, so we go in order. Yeah. Kelly Wand, you are introducing next week's three by three. So why don't you start us off with your number three pick for a favorite reveal from the movie Zapped? Oh, oh, remember. Uh, Oh, never mind. Never mind. I would have rather zapped one than uh, Why Did I Get Married 2, by the way. I tried. I but you said I couldn't enter the contest. You were not allowed. You and your family members are not allowed. You can't oh, get I'm, your mom. Yeah. I couldn't be happier that we had to watch both those movies and then talk about it. It was so much fun. I want to do it again. Like, now I know what can happen. <laughs> now that you're, you're prepared for any outcome. Yeah, like, what? okay, so we did that. That can't happen twice. So what would have been? Also, we did that mock roll after the podcast last. We week. each did a mock roll. That's right. And uh, boy, could it have turned out. And you guys got like almost the same number. That I forget what movie it was. It was that weird Russian childhoods and or Child of Eden, Childhoods End, something but, by. What was that? Something of Eden. Something. Eden's I feel like child. I fucked it up. I think I have weird luck and weird karma, and it fucks shit up. It fucks up electronics, like Harry Potter. <laughs> And I think I fucked up the role, and it's the Tyler Perry deity going, ha got you again, wand. I did not know there was a Tyler Perry deity. I would have spoken very differently on the podcast if I'd known that. Dice, me, it's not, I don't know. All right, well, uh, enough about Dice, and let's talk reveals. Kelly Wand, give us a reveal from a movie that's one of your favorites. Well, Dice could be a reveal. It's true. Uh, I did the topic wrong. I thought he meant visual reveals. <laughs> See, see, dingus. Yeah, I know. So, but I think I can make it work anyway. I can just oh, Oh, see, it's a reveal. Patch it as you go. Yeah, patch it as I go, like the opsis in my life. (laughs) My number three. Patch it as you stole it. My number three movie reveal, three by three choice is from the movie. Okay, I'll do a quote. That was my quote, by the way. (laughs) What movie is? No. Ah. Oh, what'd they take from you? Uh, take a fucking guess. That was me acting. Okay, it's over. Guess. The fucking guess was the line. And now it's just me talking. Did you give up? Have you stopped up. quoting yet? <laughs> this is, uh, that was my Nicolas Cage voice from Face Off. Because he's missing a face. But you don't know. And then they're all, oh, what'd they take from you? And then you see his face is missing. And he's smoking a cigarette without his face. And he's all, take a fucking guess. So he was talking about his face there. So, Dingus, do you accept this one? <laughs> so the reveal, plot twist-wise, is that he doesn't have a face on his uh, head. He's just so mad that I had face-off as a runner-up a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it reminded me that face-off exists. And one thing like That's right. We did a, a three-by-three of mistaken identities. Dingus mentioned face-off and Kelly Wand had completely spaced on that and uh, was very angry that he didn't get to use it. So so nice of you to bring it back into play, Kelly Wand. So So that's my number three best reveal in a movie is Nick Cage uh, 
not having a face, and we notice this, even though the title is a bit of a giveaway. But I see. Kellyanne, how do you spell the title, by the way? Is there any is there any strange sort of punctuation in the title for Face it's Off? It's slash. It's like ah. Hoth. It's the it's the movie title that close most closely resembles um, an Earl, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got a forward slash. Because if it was a hyphen, then you'd know it was a hockey term. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that. One word. Oh, are you... All right, my number three pick. So so all I did, these are basically movies that I've seen recently. I just went back over movies I've seen recently that had reveals about characters. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about them, but my number three favorite is a horror movie from the, the a Japanese director who made a movie called Versus a long time ago, uh, back in like 2000, where basically just a bunch of dudes went out in the woods and had these gory sword fights. It had this student film quality to it, but it was very energetic, some cool action choreography. It made no sense. Uh, but this guy has since done uh, some horror movies, including, Kelly, do you know uh, Midnight Meat Train, the Clive Barker Yeah. Thing? So this guy did Mid- Midnight Meat Train, which has a Bradley Cooper in it, uh, and Vinnie Jones basically whacking people with a meat mallet in a subway. Uh-huh. Um, but his most recent movie is called No One Lives, and it stars as a very uh, – just a, an everyday fella uh, driving somewhere with his wife, uh, Luke Evans, who we've seen in um, The Immortals. Dingus, do you have any correction for me when I talk about The Immortals? You know I do. Dingus believes it's called Immortals. I don't know. We'll leave that to the professionals. Uh, Luke Evans was the villain in the Fast and Furious 6 movie. Uh, so he's just a guy on vic- just driving through town with his wife, and these psychos kidnap them. Or they, they don't kidnap, they attack them, and they start ter- terrorizing them. And you think it's going to be like a Straw Dogs movie. Uh, the reveal is who Luke Evans actually is. And that's all. It's just the stuff you learn about his character as this horror movie, No One Lives, directed by a guy who knows how to do gore, who knows how to do action choreography. Uh, he has a great time with it in No One Lives. And I really like um, stuff that you learn about the characters that you don't know when the movie first starts. What's the reveal? I'm not going to say that. You have to see it. And that's why this is a terrible conversation unless people have seen the movie. Um, Wait, is it called Versus or No One Lives? No, Versus is the, is the movie he did back in Japan in 2000. Uh, oh, the most okay. recent movie is called No One Lives. All right. Um, how, do you, how do you pronounce that Versus? Is it with a period? Uh, it's V forward slash E forward slash S forward slash. UGX 389. <laughs> the number no, two. It's just, it's the word versus, V-E-R-S-U-S. Uh, have you not seen versus, Kelly Lund? I would think you might have seen that. I didn't even know that was a word. <laughs> it's Latin. Yeah. I thought it was plural for... Never mind. I thought it was... Okay, if you say so. Which all right, is- so Kelly Wand, you of all people, by the way, Dingus, you don't need to see this. Kelly Wand, you should see No One Lives. No One Lives. Yep. Okay. Is the title a spoiler? Do you know... Uh, no, it is not, actually. The title is, is technically incorrect. Is that a spoiler, what you just said? Perhaps. What if the title was spoiler? Kelly Wan, uh, you're next. <laughs> Kelly Wan, what or no, Dingus, what is your number three pick for a favorite reveal? All right, here's a quote from it. I came in here and the first thing I'm doing is I'm catching the sight lines and I'm looking for an exit. Yeah, that's McGruber. Mm. Totally a line from McGruber. I thought it was his John Polito. Uh is it a born movie? Yeah, it's born identity. Yeah. Um, I love that moment where the the character is in that park in uh, uh, Zurich. I think he's in Zurich. Um, it's in Zurich when the two policemen come and wake him up, 
and one of them puts his police baton on him, and he catches it, and he looks, and then he gets into this fight that lasts like 1.2 milliseconds, and it's this reveal for him as a character, not necessarily for us, because I think we know where the movie is going, um, but the character reveal I love is that he it's revealed to him that there's something about him and he can do this badass fighting that he had no idea he had this power to do. And he just suddenly realizes it. He catches the baton and then he just goes into this little thing where he knocks both police out and he, he actually dismantles one of their guns and throws it into the snow. And then he runs off and it's this wonderful moment where he catches the baton and he looks at his hand like, Oh, and I love that reveal. Like, Oh my God, I, I'm Mr. Amnesia Man, and here I am. I can kick ass. You know, the working title for that movie was Mr. Amnesia Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Robert loves so the Mr. Amnesia Man. <laughs> Kelly, what is your number two pick for a favorite reveal about a character? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. It's the crying game, but you have to guess what the reveal is. That Forrest Whitaker... Is in the British Army. No. Rats. The, the only Kelly Wand loves what? That Stephen Ray is Irish. Kelly Wand, what line from Enough Said could also be used in the crying game? Uh, your hands, that's like a paddle. <laughs> but Irishly. All right. Uh, the crying game character reveal. All right, fair enough. It's uh, reveals it's <laughs> revealing. Literally. Yeah. See, I, that's what I did. I, I used multiple lists and cross-indexed them mm-hmm. into a single. Great. I appreciate listening to last week's podcast as well. Kelly, what's your favorite euphemism for a penis? The wand. <laughs> <laughs> But not for that reason. Just Do you remember Kelly Watt? So Kelly Watt and I used to write for the same magazine, and, and uh, someone wrote in a letter uh, saying, uh, I was really disappointed to discover that Tom wasn't a chick and that Kelly had a wand. Uh, Basically, of our, not the of our genders. <laughs> the disappointments continue from there. <laughs> Kelly Watt, if you and I were in a vaudeville act, it would be called Chicken Wand. That's not cool. <laughs> My number two pick for a favorite reveal. Tyler Perry could listen. Uh, uh, this is a movie. So I basically just went in the order that I've seen these movies. My number one is the one I saw most recently. But uh, the, the number two is one that we have all seen. And the reveal is about why an actress named Sh- uh, Sharni Vinson oh. knows how to oh. do certain things that she knows how to do. Mm. And again, you and I, we, we could all three have a great time talking about it, and we did. And if listeners have seen Your Next, a really cool horror film uh, directed by Adam Wingard, I would like to refer you to our podcast where we do talk about that. Um, but that is my number two favorite, is Sharni Vinson's background. Oh, that's what? a great choice. I love that. That's such a great choice. Wait, so Dingus goes, that's such a great choice, whereas Kelly Wan goes, what? That's all we're going to talk about, Sharni Vincent? That's right. <laughs> Because uh, there's a there's a spoiler picture on quarter three about it. It's not what I wish you'd revealed. <laughs> there's a there's a terrible movie. Uh, oh, what is that called? 
Dadgummit, dingus, I showed you the frame from it. Of, the wand? Gotcha. No. Oh, Dadgummit, what was that thing called? Dadgummit. Community. Uh, convoy. No, uh, with A.J. Bowen in the wig. Uh, oh. Um, 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 uh, any, at any rate, it's all these it's, these... it's these friends that get together for one of those murder mystery parties, and <laughs> the, the woman conducting the murder mystery party drugs all of them so they can't get up from the table, and then she subjects them to various tortures. But w- the only actor in there that I thought was any good uh, was A.J. Bowen. For some reason, he was in this movie. What's it called? Murder by Death. And, and at any rate, he wears this ridiculous 80s wig in it. Uh, and my favorite moment in the movie is when the psychotic woman who's holding them all prisoner uh, pulls off his wig and points out that it was really annoying. Uh, in so. film parlance, that's called the wandening. It's kind of a reveal, too, that it was just a wig, that A.J. Bowen didn't actually cut his hair uh, to look like you know some awful Rick Springfield kind of thing. What's wig- great is that, that Tom calls me into the room and he's like, uh, just look at this scene. <laughs> Is there anybody you're going to recognize? And I'm thinking, I have to find some obscure actor. Oh, God. I, I Okay, let me see who I can see. And then when A.G. Bowen shows up, it's just like, oh, my God, what the heck? What? It's so startling and scary. It's like you wandered into an 80s party, it's, and he's just so bloated. It's like he, he woke it is up. like looking at someone's yearbook photo or something it's on flat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the movie? What did the movie look like? Uh, the movie is called Among Friends, by the way, and I uh, don't recommend it. It's horrible. Uh-huh. All right, so – yes, Kelly Wand? I was just going to say wigs are, are meant to be revealed. It's like they're not – I certainly appreciated when we saw Closed Circuit, and they took the wigs off. They're like a Chekhov's gun for your head. <laughs> the more you know. Dingus, what is a line from your number two pick for a favorite reveal about uh, about a character? All right. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. This moron is giving me everything. Uh, Matrix? Well, how is that a reveal? Kelly, you, uh, you don't like this movie enough to get the line. What's the reveal there? That she's not being interrogated? That she's doing the interrogation. Oh, right, right. Yeah. That he's Okay. And that, and there's a total payoff later, of course, with Loki. I mean, I just, I, oh Jesus! By the way, uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character's name in Prisoners, which I saw last week, and is terrible. His character name uh, is Loki. It's true. It's a, true it's a very trendy name. <laughs> so, Dingus, is this is this uh, Prisoners, or is it another movie with a character named Loki? This is the Avengers, of course. Uh-huh. The the Avengers. Or Avengers Assemble, as they say in the UK, mm-hmm. and this is um, this is our dear Black Widow, as uh, as she's in that interrogation with the Russians, and we find out that uh, because uh, Coulson gives her a phone call, that they're not doing the interrogation; she's doing the interrogation, and she says, "You know, this morning is giving me anything, everything," and the Russian guy just kind of goes, "I'm not what." I just love that. I love that moment where you think that that she's the typical uh, damsel in distress in this hero superhero movie, and all the superheroes are going to have to save her because she's being tortured. Um, but no, she's just controlling the whole thing from this particular situation, and she'll be able to break out of it if she wants to. And then there's a great payoff later on with Loki. What do you think of that, Kelly Wan? See? Wow. See how good the Avengers in? You didn't even realize it. That's not what I want her to reveal. <laughs> See a pattern here. Uh, you guys are watching scenes differently from me. I'm watching them go on reveal. No, nope. <laughs> you're not using 2D glasses. <laughs> I'm not wearing them right. 
Kelly One, what is your favorite character reveal in a movie? Uh, this one I'm a little ashamed of, mm-hmm. which is unusual, um, because this is when I really thought I, it was like visual reveals. That's what I, I mean, I did. That's what I got from last week too. Um, so I'll do a line from it. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, I'll be back. Oh wait, is Arnold the good guy? Yeah, but um. It's more the reveal that uh, they can't replicate human voices later, but they can do it when she's spearing the milk through that guy's head. And that's also when we learn that she can spear milk through that guy's head, stepfather. So basically the reveal is that you can't use a carton of milk as a shield to protect you from a T-800? Yeah. Or a T-1000. I screwed it T-800. up. T-800. T-800 would work. My favorite <laughs> reveal is that the dog's name isn't Wolfie. I actually, because I looked up this scene for something recently, and what was what is the dog's actual name? Dingus, do you know? I know Arnold. Oh, I forgot. Dad gummit. What was it? Because uh, he asks him the dog's name, and then he says, uh, "I forgot." I have way too much Terminator Two trivia. I don't have oh, that. Like a wig for your leash. <laughs> my number one favorite reveal. You're welcome. Uh, and actually, this isn't my favorite reveal. It's just the one I most recently saw that I really liked. So mine was basically just kind of the last few reveals that I really enjoyed. Uh, there's a really languid, slow, you could call it a uh, hillbilly noir movie uh, with Sam Rockwell. And if you like Sam Rockwell, you absolutely should see a movie called A Single Shot. Um, and it opens – with Sam Rockwell in an awesome beard, by the way. Everybody in this movie is a total redneck. Uh, he's out hunting. He's deer hunting. And he accidentally, and this is the very first scene, he accidentally, you know, he's, he's chasing the deer. And he sees movement off to the side. And he turns to shoot the deer. And he discovers that he's shot a hiker. So he immediately starts doing really stupid things, uh, like hiding the hiker's body and then trying to cover up his tracks. Like, rather than just telling the cops... I was out shooting. She didn't have on the orange vest. Uh, you know, this is my bad. He just makes these series of just awful, stupid decisions that as I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking, this is so contrived. They're just doing this to set up some drama. This is really inane. But what I love about this movie, and there's so little dialogue in this movie for so long, is how you learn why he is doing what he is doing and that he's not a stupid character. Well, he, he actually kind of is. I mean, this movie... Talk about hiding your intelligence. Uh, huh. He, Sam Rockwell is just amazing at playing really bright guys and really thick guys. Uh, and that, by the way, is something really difficult for an actor to do. And he is so heart-achingly good in a single shot playing this guy who's confused and confounded and betrayed and he doesn't understand why things are happening. But the awesome reveal about him is that there's a reason that he's doing the stupid things that create this kind of slow anti-thriller. Um, so a single shot is really good. It is a fantastic Sam Rockwell performance. Uh, he's just so good in this and it has a great cast and a gorgeous movie to boot. Um, so that was the most recent favorite reveal I could think of that I can't talk about with people who haven't seen the movie. But if you like character reveals, I heartily encourage watching a single shot. Hmm. All right, so since I know neither of you Jokers has seen a single shot, Dingus, we go to you. What is your favorite character reveal? <laughs> you Jokers. <laughs> All right, uh, here's my my favorite character reveal um, and what inspired this topic, and here's a, here's a quote from it. 
Rob, thank you for the enthusiastic intro, but we are no longer called Sonic Death Monkey. We are on the verge of being called Kathleen Turner Overdrive, but for tonight, we are Barry Jive in the Uptown Five. Blues Brothers. Scott Pilgrim? Oh, it is Scott Pilgrim. You're right, Kelly Wan. Dingus put, put Scott Pilgrim versus the world on his uh, 3 by 3 for the week. One. Awesome. Very good, Dingus. Do you guys really not know what this is? Uh, is oh, there a disco I, scene? And I think I know it. Wait, it's, it's the uh, it's the uh, Tenacious D movie. It's Tenacious high fidelity. D. Stop That's, it! God oh. Damn it! <laughs> it's, it's that moment when Jack Black goes up on stage in high fidelity, and Rob uh, is so nervous because this doofus who's been working for him all this time and just begging him to let his band play uh, goes up on stage. And um, and Rob is so nervous about it. He's like, oh, we're promoting this new album. I should have made them play the album first. Why am I letting him play? And then Jack Black comes up and gives that little mini monologue, which I just love. Every time I hear Let's Get It On, I think of that first. I think of um, thank you for the enthusiastic introduction. Uh, we're no long, longer Sonic. That whole thing plays in my head. And then the strains of let's get it on start to play and jack black starts to sing it and there's that wonderful moment where rob where john kuzak kind of kind of goes oh he can actually sing oh my oh my god he's really good um and jack black whatever else you may think about him can freaking sell a song and he sells let's get it on like you would not believe and that reveal that this doofus this idiot this clown who's been there the whole movie actually can and does have a huge amount of talent and can lead a band um regardless of his clownishness i love that reveal at the end of uh of of high fidelity and nowadays dingus that would be a casting spoiler like you would know jack black is in high fidelity because obviously you've been saying everybody by now knows that yeah all right, High Fidelity, a uh, Nick Hornby. Why do you say it weird? <laughs> Nick nice. Hornby? Is yeah. that isn't that his name? Wait, say say the name of the movie again. Oh, are you just because Dingus does it weird? Kelly, Wan, what do you call a stereo set back in the olden days? It's a hi-fi, right? Yeah, it's like hi-fi stereo, so high fidelity. Yeah, but they say sci-fi, but it would be sci-fiction. <laughs> so, well, you have to say the rest of science sci-fi. Oh. I didn't think of that. That's a good counterpoint, but I'm not going to accept it. She shouldn't be hair fidelity. It should be uh, it should be sci fidelity. <laughs> I hate our lives, especially <laughs> mine. Thanks for that. Uh, do uh, what kind of favorite reveals do we have from our listeners? Dingus? All right, mm-hmm. we have Paul Woomer. Um, Paul Weimer, Weimer, as in fidelity. Weimer. Weimer. Yes. Sorry, Paul Weimer. Um, his number three is in the two towers. Hey, this one I know, so I'm not going to plug my ears. What? The, and parenthetically, it says "Stop groaning, Tom." No, uh, hey, please, I I don't I only groan at Star Trek movies. I'm all for the Hobbit. Let's tire parodies in them. I am. think you should get a T-shirt that says "I only groan at Star Trek movies." There's a reveal in t- Two Towers. Yeah, the identity of the White Wizard that several know. of the characters run into is not Saruman as they. And especially we, the viewer, we, the viewer, <laughs> sorry, Al Pacino, <laughs> at first expects and fears. 
<laughs> Kelly Wan, what happened to Gandalf? Can you explain that to me? What's the deal with the whole difference between Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf What's the White? What's the deal with Gandalf? It's like right. Aslan, but it's his friend. <laughs> Do they know each other? And it smote the mountainside. Kelly Wan, is there any like fan fiction where Gandalf and Aslan like meet or fight or anything? Oh, you said Aslan. High fidelity Aslan. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what? There's a guy I know who says Gandalf. What do you think of that? Like well, James yeah, you want to pronounce Gandalf. the hell Gandalf. James Gandolfini, right. Okay. Huh. Does he know when that when he was born, did he go, oh, my name's from The Lord of the Rings? James Gandolfini? Yeah. Not the minute he was born, but like a couple of years later. We know it's not his real name. James? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's him. Uh, all right, so Gandalf the White, very You're good. You're welcome for that, Paul Weimer. <laughs> <laughs> that dissertation. So uh, number two in Paul Y. Feimer's, uh list is the revelation of the identity and nature of mother in Psycho. See, that's the one where it's like you know it even before you watch it somehow. Like someone's already going, oh, yeah, it's that thing where the mom's the apple crate. And number one is the, the reveal of the true identity of Kaiser Suze in The Usual Suspects. I didn't, That always seemed like a dumb one to me. Because the other guy's an idiot for not going, hey, wait a minute, this shit's on my wall. And then also, Kevin Spacey's an idiot because he doesn't need to walk like that the whole way. He could just you, go instantly. Okay. Do you know who manufactured the whiteboard in your office, Kelly Wood? Is that a Dr. Sleep reference? Yes. Best regards, Paul Weifheimer. P.S. I do hope you do watch Solar Crisis one of these days. If only <laughs> if only because Kelly's opsis of the turkey would be something to hear. Pledge Drive 2. I, I Without even a Pledge Drive, I will watch a movie called Solar Crisis. Solar Crisis. Yeah, I will too. Rated R. All right. Dave Perkins is our next. Uh, this is a combo effort by me and my wife, Michelle. Uh, number three, a literal reveal. David Spade's bald head is revealed by a gust of wind in Tommy Boy. It's adorable. That's a great one. We need more Tommy Boy in our three by threes. Thank uh, you, Dave and Michelle. What do you mean what? It's awesome. The whole thing. <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking that. That's a great moment. <laughs> that man in a little coat. Your brain is a candy shell. <laughs> uh... And the cast, come on, the cast in Tommy Boy, isn't it? Oh, Dad Gummit, who plays his dad? Not Charles Dorning. Brian Dennehy, yes, thank you. Bo Derek. That's right, Bo Derek, and isn't um, the dude from. Rob Lowe is in that, yeah. Tommy Boy is awesome. Rob Lowe and James Spader reunion from uh, Bad Influence. Rob Lowe is so good. He's so good in Parks and Recreation. He's in Parks and Recreation? Oh, he's so great. Damn. Huh. All right, this yeah. isn't a TV podcast, though, Dingus, so please keep it to movies. Oh. Sorry, I'll shunt that into our TV podcast. Dingus, what did you think of Rob Lowe in Oxford Blues? Uh, wow, I out-obscured Dingus. That's really? fair. <laughs> I thought Wait. you were going to make a uh, Beyond the Candelabra reference. Is he in that? What? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Beyond the Candelabra <laughs> is that HBO thing about Liberace with, I think it's Matt Damon and Michael Douglas, right? Yeah. yeah. Is Rob Lowe in it too? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Have you seen it? No. Oh, I want to see Rob that. Rob Lowe playing it. The reporter. The reporter. You hear that? <laughs> that his character's name. 
That's what Dingus was going, oh, yeah, about. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. Reporting. You guys can always follow back on nice. That's your call. Okay. Anyway, number two for Dave Perkins is a plot reveal. Tyler Durden is mental proje- projection in Fight Club. Do you guys know that? Spoiler. There's a there's a great bit on the director's commentary track where I forget if it's uh, Fincher's commentary track or someone else uh, where they're talking about one of the guys who is helping to edit the film. A lot of times editors will just work on a piece of the movie. Maybe they haven't seen the whole script um, is putting together a scene where Edward Norton and Brad Pitt are driving a car and the car wrecks and it turns over and Brad Pitt pulls Edward Norton out of the car's wreckage. Uh, and the editor, the guy editing that scene, pointed out to Fincher, uh, you know, when the car's turned over, um, Edward Norton gets pulled out of the wrong side of the car. Uh, you know, he was dry. If, if uh, Tyler Durden was driving, he gets pulled out of the driver's seat. So there's some continuity error here, uh, um, which is just, a, you know, it's, it's one of the awesome little touches in Fight Club that you can find. Wait, that's the end of that story? That well, because because obviously – if if Brad Pitt's character is driving, it's Edward Norton's character who is driving. Right. Um, yeah, but he's looking at Ed Norton like he's thinking of himself as Brad Pitt at that point. So there's right, but we see every now and then, you know, the camera will show us that you know there there are clues that there's only one person involved. The car is not real. Hey, they're on a bike. They're on a tandem bike. <laughs> <laughs> if Kelly Wand had directed Fight Club, there's, there, I thought there were four uh, commentary tracks on Fight Club, but apparently there's only one. There's three on Clue. <laughs> uh, Dave, Perkins, Dave Perkins number one is a literal reveal. The SS agent's salute reveals the amulet burned into his hand and <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark explaining how the Nazis know the whereabouts of the Ark. I like the reveal of the hangar more for that character. That was better. <laughs> Runner-up. It's revealed to the biologist in Prometheus that the cute little snake thing is actually a throat effer, I'm changing Dave Perkins' word, uh, that is about to inseminate his digestive tract. I will donate $1 to the movie podcast for each sigh or groan that this last comment inspired. (laughs) I don't have any left for Prometheus. I used used a lot of them on the Prometheus podcast. That really took it out of me. I'm still recovering. (laughs) When it's on, though, I find myself leaving it on to snicker at it. What do you mean when it's on? Is Kelly Wan ever seen, on? I have free TV now. I have like you have TV. seen Prometheus more than once, Kelly Wan? No, no, not the whole thing, but like two, like for five minutes. It'll be that part with uh, where he has his thumb and the guy's drink, and I'm like, he wouldn't drink. What? <laughs> Fuck. When is anything ever on? Who has it's TV? What? No, it's well because it's next to the bed. Oh. Where Heather and I lie. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about her. She doesn't understand. You know, she made me sit through Story of Us, and then we sit through the How Would I Get Married, and um, I forgot my point. (laughs) First of all, who's Heather, and what is Story of Us? Never mind. It was the white people's version of it. Is Heather like your own Tyler Durden? Yeah, she is. She's a book doll I bought on there. (laughs) <laughs> there is a movie about that with uh, uh, Ryan Gosling in a blow-up doll. Do you know that? Lars and the Real Lars Girl. Lars and the Real Girl, yeah. yeah. It's Dingus she, loves she's it. really good in that, by the way. She steals the movie. <laughs> Dingus That's loves it. that movie? I could not stand it. That's one of those rare areas where Dingus and I just might as well be from different planets. For the most part, uh, Dingus is into something. I totally understand it, but I don't get why he doesn't think that movie's hard. I heard it starts out good, but the air f- it fizzles out by the end. <laughs> See, uh, Dingus? 
I couldn't stand it until the very end. Okay. See? Which is how I felt about why did I get married too. Why did he get married? So Dude. that... Uh, so that Dwayne Johnson could come along Didn't and you guys love when, when the title of the movie was said as a call and response. Why did I get married? Why did I get married too? Yeah. It was so convincing. Well, at least they knew enough to give that line to the best actress. Jesus. Uh, well done, Tom. Thank well you. Well done. All right, Dingus, any other uh, uh, re- listener uh, suggestions? For- sure. We have Peter yeah. Haynes. Uh, watch a governess. And greetings again from Yield and Glandy. Oh, God, is Dingus going to do this the whole time, Kelly Wand? Uh, I struggled to come up with much of worth here, but I wanted to submit some picks for this week's 3 or 3 just to hear Dingus read this out in his refined and mellifluous way. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, but does that mean with an accent? I couldn't quite tell. Go for it, Dingus. Come on. Oh, 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 this is so great! So, in the born identity, in a moment that is more of a reveal for the character as opposed to the audience, Peter, let's get together. Uh, Jason Bourne disarms and disables two policemen who are hassling him for vagrancy. So let's see. Kelly Wand has a Tyler Durden named Heather. Dingus has a Tyler Durden named Peter Haynes who has a British accent. Interesting. That's right. And they're the same. And you ever see them in the same place. Then he runs away, discovering he's pretty good sprinter too. Yay for super spies! Heather pulled uh, Dingus that's, from the car from the wrong way. That's one of the wonderful things about the Avengers is uh, how... Um, how Natasha is so just tired at the end when she's fighting. I mean, and he says, "Look, you're a spy. You're not a fi- you're not a soldier." And she's <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I can handle this." Uh, I just love that thing about you're a spy. You're not a soldier. And she just, but I love the way Scarlett Johansson plays that part because she's so exhausted as she's going through that fight. And you don't often see action heroes like show exhaustion in that way. It's just like, I'm going to give up. Well, no, I'm not going to give up. You're uh, anyway. high, not a fi. Anyway, well, Dingus, so, you it, know, everything that makes Captain America special came out of a bottle. Mm. Uh, same with her, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, Peter goes, and? Uh, are you kidding me? In he high goes, fidelity, Jack Blackberry... In high fidelity, uh-huh. Jack Blackberry, after having to believe he's nothing more than a clown, choose gobshite. Gobshite? They both uh, support clown, too. For 90% of the movie, uh, delivers a decent version of Let's Get It On with his grungy-looking backing band. I can't believe that. Yeah, that is- I can believe it, yeah. I'm not the least bit surprised. I'm guessing his number one pick is The Avengers, when uh, Scarlett Johansson is getting interrogated. Well, <sighs> this one under Hidden Talent, I guess. And with that, I guess it's all over. It's over to the all other sensitive people with so much to give to provide more and better for this week's topics. Cherry pip and keep up the capital work. <laughs> all right, Dingus, you. I like your shooting in there, Peter Haynes. What did the writer write? <laughs> all right, thank you, Peter, for making me look like I'm making somebody up. <laughs> I do love you. Oh. All right, Emmett Coffin is the next one. Oh, if I had a Tyler Durden, that would totally be his name. I'm calling Emmett for my Tyler Durden. Kelly gets a Heather. Dingus, you get Peter Haynes in his accent. I call Emmett Coffin. Oh, Wait, good. I want swapsies. Good. Nope. Sorry. I totally see Emmett Coffin because of the number one choice that he's chosen. I, I totally see you as choosing that. But Dingus starting is- with his number three... Here are my Wait, three. hold on. So if there's like a movie and the character's name is Emmett Coffin, like he would have to be a, a supernatural investigator, right? Is that where this is going? He's like Constantine. Yeah, yeah. Like that would be Constantine. Constantine's name is Constantine when oh, he's, he's in Kentucky. his. Oh wait, that is his name though, isn't it? Yeah, but his day name is Emmett Coffin. 
Yeah, Emmett Kaufenstein. No, Ding. He just made him sound like like an accountant. No, I Dingus like made him sound that way. Dingus' fault. All right, Dingus, read us Emmett Coffin's choices. Uh, All right. So Tom's alter ego's number three choice is the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, yeah. At the end, Thanks. it is revealed Andy was digging a tunnel, like Charles Bronson in The Great Escape, for the entire length of the time he was in prison that he used to escape. Whatever. It's a tunnel reveal more than I a character. I read the book, and then I'm like, oh. And then I saw the movie ten years later. Is there, is there a Rita Hayworth poster in the movie? Did yeah. they do that whole thing? Okay. Yeah, that's the okay. reveal. What's the name of the story, though? Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Well, then. Of course you would know that, because this is your alter ego. <laughs> Number two, Watchmen. Oh, I have okay, go ahead, sorry. Of Rorschach's identity, with his mask being pulled off by the police. We see him before in the background, and the reveal is that he's the guy who holds the the end is an eye sign. For me, the reveal is that he's the guy who is in uh, Breaking Away. For me, it's Bad News Bears. It's the <laughs> nice, Kelly Wand. Oh, damn, Kelly Wand, you got For me, it's Little Get a Life. What? Little Children? children? <laughs> it's the only two. <laughs> For me, it's the so remake good. of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and his number one choice, Emmett Coffin. He knows him. Himself. I am your father. You know, that's what Tom would choose as his alter ego. Rats. Now what do you have to save it? See, but mm. Lucas fucked it up. So now it's not a reveal, is it? Because we have to watch Phantom Menace first. You know, that's a reveal for no kids now. That's not awesome. Emmett, why have you betrayed me like that? That's awful. He betrayed and murdered your character, Tom. He's more machine than man now, Tom. Twisted and evil. Damn fool crusade. Next is... Fast enough for you, old man. <laughs> Did you shoot first, Tom? Yes. No, I used to bullseye no. him back on the thing. <laughs> You'll be dead, Tom. <laughs> How many systems? <laughs> this is the worst podcast we've ever done, and that's saying a lot. Uh, the next uh, listener submission is Ann Canneller. Um <laughs> Hey, QT3. Just realized that last week I sent my 3x3 pick from the wrong email with my maiden name, A.E. Mahadi. Whoops. Maybe don't read this aloud. Oops. Uh, here are my picks for this week's 3x3 on best character-based reveals. I will say that mine don't actually come at the end of films, but they work in the service of character development and drive the overall outcome of the narrative. Here are my two favorite I already like Anne's picks way better than Emmett Coffin's number one pick, by the way. Number two, Super 8. Oh, I take that back. <laughs> Actually, no, if the reveal is that that uh, the Fanning chick is a good actress, then I'm totally on board with Anne. Because that is like that saying that Dingus was talking about. Uh, though there are a few really interesting reveals in this movie and one very poorly executed creature reveal, I was really taken with how within the first five minutes... It's disclosed that Alison Daynard's father caused the death of Joe Lamb's mother at the factory yeah. where they both work and why this happened. This beginning sequence does more, with almost no dialogue, I might add, than I've ever seen in a beginning setup for any storyline in a J.J. It does it with film. math and a thing that says one day on it. So it's kind of like dialogue, but it's written on a sign. Why would she pick that when there's that awesome moment where you discover that uh, – is it Elle Fanning? Yeah, where you discover that she's actually a good actress, and, and the boys do too, and they're blown away by her performance in their little movie. Isn't that a great moment, though? 
Yeah, no what else. about the reveal when you found out Lindelof wasn't a good writer? Oh, I knew that way from that the wasn't a reveal. First, that's no, not that's, a reveal. That's yeah. that birth, birth. Yeah, I watched Lost. I know. Anyway, she also goes on to say, we we know from the first three shots of the film that a tragic accident is taking place at the steel factory and that Joe Lamb's family is holding a funeral for the mother. We'll see Lamb's father arrest a shambling man in shoddy clothes. The arrest plants the suggestion that the man was involved in the death at the beginning. I found this whole sequence so intriguing because the viewer doesn't need to hear dialogue about what is occurring. We just see action and reaction and it reveals the driving force of the narrative. Anne's writing is better than the movies. Yes. we could. I think that Super 8 would have been a better movie just with that paragraph as the script. And that guy's last name should have been Shamble. <laughs> and number one, Gosford Park. Hmm. I realize how lame it is to pick this movie again, but it has my favorite character-based reveal of all time, and I've been waiting for a 3 by 3 that it would be relevant for. The dinner party at McCordle Mansion takes a sudden awkward turn when the serving girl, Elsie, reveals through an accidental outburst that she has been having an affair with the soon-to-be-murdered patriarch of the family, William McCordle. It is the familiar familiarity and tone which she says the line now that is not fair bill is that gives the illicit relationship away elsie a minor character is the only person truly grieved by the loss of the caddish mccordle she loses her job as a result of her outburst kelly want to remember kelly mcdonald in that movie oh my fucking god oh my fucking uh, god oh my fucking uh, god kelly mcdonald oh kelly mcdonald oh kelly mcdonald Brave, ah, Kelly McDonald. Seriously, I miss you, Robert Altman. So, Annie, Annie has true has has two troll picks. Would you like to hear them? Sure. Star Wars and Star Wars. Uh, Safe Haven. Apparently, Julianne Huff has been seeing dead people, but not in the same way you think. What is that? That sounds familiar. Wait, what's it called? Safe Haven. Safe Haven. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a Josh Duhamel movie. It's the last. It's Lassie Halstrom's last thing. Oh, so uh, that's why you didn't see I it. I thought Julian Huff was in like Dancing with the Stars or something. I have no idea. Kobe Smolders is in it. Dingus. Uh, <laughs> oh, Agent Hill. <laughs> What's the matter with you guys, freaks? I understand that reaction for Kelly McDonald, but ser- seriously, sting with Kobe Smolders until such time as this podcast stops. As this podcast stops spinning, we'll just imagine that Kobe Smolders is awesome. Kelly one, that's a line from the Avengers that Dingus is quoting. Oh, Kobe. <laughs> Annie's other pick, which rounds us off nicely, giving you guys his prattlings on. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh. AKA the source for most of Lindelof's but it was all just a dream endings. Wait a minute. Is that the ending of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yeah, the car flies at the end though, so that's real. And just like the grease car. Grease and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang both than with flying cars that aren't dreams. So that's where the ending of uh, Repo Man comes from. Yeah. Annie Canella. I think Annie Canella might be Kelly Wan's alter ego. Mm, it's a pretty fun name. I couldn't make a name that fun. She's a good writer, though. Uh, Jeff Sweet is the next one. Hey there, guys. This may have been mentioned already, but I really love the reveal in The Mexican about James Gandolfini's character. Uh, Jeff, that is excellent. I will tell you. Which I haven't seen. I'm glad he did not spoil it. 
as as always, love the podcast. You know, it, when we were saying enough said, I mentioned the Mexican a couple of times. I really, I mean, that's the first time I saw him, and, or I remember really watching him, and mm-hmm. I love I love his character in that. Yeah, I can't. I I'm thinking I'm kind of scared of Julia Roberts. She frightens me. <laughs> she is dead people. I remember the reveal. Then I stopped watching. Uh, Chris Hornbostel. I want to play, is what he writes. Uh, three reveals jumped right out at me. One is obvious and has probably already been re- mentioned. The other two, maybe not so much. Quotes. Reveal number one. She's my sister. She's my daughter. Kelly McDonald. <laughs> What's well, a perfect movie? Uh, the yeah. only reason this is my third is because I'm sure the three of you have already discussed it to death. If you haven't, this is my number one, and shame on y'all. Uh, the reveal, of course, is the icky relationship between Faye Dunaway and John Houston at the end of Chinatown. But you all knew that with the obvious quote, right? Hmm. I still don't know if I get that uh, ending. Do you, when you say if you get the ending, do you mean like the overall plot and like who's doing what to whom? And uh, I don't really care about that. I don't get it either. But well, well, Chinatown's very dense. Like the just the reveal about the incest is the the most horrific thing. Right. There, there's so much. It, it's it definitely rewards repeat viewings. Um, there's just so much information you get, and not in a. I don't feel it's as obtuse as certain earlier noir. Uh, is it? I always screw this up. Is it Maltese Falcon Dingus that is notoriously difficult to actually parse the the? No, event? it's no, it's uh, the big sleep. Big sleep, big right? Sleep. right. Exactly. And it's just one dude. It's just the chauffeur. Like Chandler didn't remember who killed him, and you don't really. He does actually. You never find out who killed him. But like Chinatown, I don't know what that line where he goes. Oh, forget it. It's just Chinatown. I don't understand. Well, it's just the existential statement at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all this terrible stuff has happened, and he it ends up in the the shooting, and it's just it's this existential statement of meaninglessness. Uh, all right. Well, that's Jake comes of, from wasn't that his earlier beat Chinatown? Like, didn't he yeah, come out so of that's there? What you yeah. say every day when you I forget it's Chinatown. Like every time, they, Kelly Wand, they, it's impossible to parse. I mean, that's yeah. Right. It's 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 art, Kelly Wand. It's all I can tell you. <laughs> that line is art. Come on, it's not supposed, you can't just ask what it means. It means what it means. Kelly Wand, this is this. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> One's midichlorians. It's like that line from Deer Hunter, Kelly Wand. This, see this? This yeah. is it's, this. <laughs> all right, I think I understand Chinatown now. Thank you. Good, all right. What else does Chris have for us? Uh, Chris has his reveal number two. His quote is, thanks for keeping me alive. Thanks for keeping me alive? Yeah, thanks for keeping me alive. Isn't that what the head says before you try harder in Prometheus? <laughs> Even though they don't keep him alive? Yeah, they do. Uh, this isn't a real movie because it's from a documentary. Oh, it's called. Uh, he says, parenthetically, did I do that right, Tom? Uh, the reveal is from the documentary Searching for Sugar Man, where we see Rodriguez take the stage at the sold-out concert hall in South Africa in front of 10,000 fans all on their feet screaming. The documentary tells us about this anonymous dude who was working as a day laborer in building demolition in Detroit while, unknown to him, in South Africa, he was a rock star as famous as the Rolling Stones. Wait, this sounds uh, awesome, but it's a documentary. Until this moment, we don't really believe it. This is the seriously we told you so moment that seemed to cause everyone's allergies in the movie theater to act up on three different occasions. I saw this with the audience. 
It caused serious allergies in the audience. So everybody cried at the moment he says, thanks for keeping me alive. Uh, did, did you guys and, see Searching for Sugar Man? No, but I've heard Chris talk about it. Like, uh, it's, uh, it, it sounds like a pretty interesting story, and I kind of feel like now I know the story. I've missed the boat. It's kind of like if you tell someone to watch Spellbound, and they already know. Well, I don't even. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the ending was ruined for me, so I haven't I'm seen it. I'm familiar with Rolling Stones. It's plus, it's a documentary, so it's not a real movie, so why would I watch it? <laughs> Says Tom to that. Harumph. Have you seen it, Dingus? No, I have not. Okay. But I love that he he got you with the uh, thinking. It's not really a movie. Well, What's everybody agrees with me on that. I mean, that's not that's not. Nobody in the world agrees with you on that. Everybody knows you're the only one who agrees with yourself on that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's your character reveal. <laughs> Wait, it's the one with Jason Biggs and Man of Pete and Jack Black, right? Searching for Sugar Man. <laughs> yeah, it's a documentary. No one famous is in it. That's the okay. point. Jason Biggs was famous then, though. Right, Dingus? <laughs> Dingus sees again. <laughs> reveal number reveal number three from Chris Horn Bostel. Uh, quote, that was rude of you, Paul. Uh, because I've just seen it and I'm fascinated by this movie, this reveal is Rosanna Arquette's dead body and Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Up until this moment, we've been teased with this weird, gruesome MacGuffin about Arquette's character, Marcy, having some sort of horrific burns or scars or something. At one point, we even get to see subliminal flash of her thigh, where Paul thinks he sees the start of these terrible scars. Later on, he finds her in bed, dead of an OD. Morbidly curious, he peels back the cover from her nude body, and there's... Nary a scar to be found. It's unsettling and weird and makes us wonder what the hell exactly is going on here, which is exactly what Paul Hackett is also feeling at this point in the film. Just like Cortez with the uh, Aztecs. (laughs) When David Gordon Green wrote the movie All the Real Girls, which Dingus doesn't understand, uh, I heard him say in a commentary track once that as he was writing it for inspiration – he listened a lot to a Neil Young song called Cortez the Killer, which I don't understand the connection. Is that about Dan Cortez? <laughs> it's about oh, Cortez Cor- coming over. It's this great long uh, Neil Young ballad, kind of. Uh, uh, and for whatever reason, um, it inspired David Gordon Green to write uh, All the Real Girls. Go yeah. figure. It's a lot of wisdom and a lot of history. Yeah. It's pretty deep. Oh, Dingus. Well, yeah. Dingus doesn't understand that movie. You can't I ask don't. him about it. Yeah. Dingus... Uh, that's another yeah. one of those those areas where Dingus and I part ways. Yeah, sand gets in my crannies, and I don't like them. Um, <laughs> manifest destiny, sand. Uh, stuff, so. Chris finally says, I was going to do three reveals from Tyler Perry movies, but decided that Kelly probably has that covered. Hear that, Kelly Wand? I'll say. Uh, finally, we have Nick D. Uh, hi, guys. I really tried hard to keep these as sort of re- soft reveals in line with Dingus's Napoleon Dynamite example. Uh, number three, trading places when Randolph Duke bets his brother Mortimer that they can successfully switch the lives of Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. It is for the usual amount. They've obviously done this sort of thing before. It's only later with Eddie Murphy hiding in the bathroom that we learned the usual amount really is $1. That's the first time... We can say they use the where you open the briefcase and it's just like one bill in a joke ever, right? Um, yeah, and was that Tom's example for the uh, 
Notable sums of money. Yeah, sum. We had a three by three and notable sums of money. Jamie Lee Curtis is nude in that, which was a reveal. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, so it was uh, Melanie it. Griffith pulling up her shirt and nobody's fool. That was a reveal. I'll say. So, Number two, Hannah. When Hannah breaks out of the underground facility, there's a big reveal as she opens the trap door to reveal that she is in a giant desert! Exclamation point. I assumed she was in Nevada somewhere. But there is a second reveal minutes later as she wanders into a village, and we see palm trees and African architecture and realize she must be in Morocco. They extradited that, poor little Hannah. To, is that um, the one where Princess Grace is? See what you've done, Dingus? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, high fidelity. High fidelity. At the end of the movie, Jack Black's band, Sonic Death wow, Monkey, is so no weird. longer Sonic Death Monkey, Nick D, uh, gets up to play in front of all of John Cusack's friends. He's expecting some sort of crazy death metal, but instead the reveal is Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On, and Jack Black can actually sing. Nick Cynic. Yeah, that's the one that made me choose this topic, and I'm pleased that two other people thought of it, because um, uh, I just I hear that song a lot. Um, based on where I work, and whenever it comes on, I do that little opening monologue where he says, "Thanks for the enthusiastic introduction, Rob." No longer Sonic Death Monkey, and then when it, when the song just starts and Jack Black starts singing, I, I I can't tell you how much I love that moment in High Fidelity. Um, and then it, it's kind of ruined when John Cusack takes his girlfriend out onto the floor and starts dancing, and he does that white guy I'm going to put my arms up above my head to dance thing I just don't don't ever raise your arms above your head to dance please I'm begging you don't do that hear that Kelly that means you yeah. oh Sonic Kelly Monkey alright that's that. those are our listener submissions thank you for all of them they're awesome and you are awesome listeners we love you runners up from you gentlemen one of my favorites, actually there's a couple in this movie. Uh, I love that we find out that Barry Egan does in fact have seven sisters. Uh, he takes phone calls early <laughs> on in the movie and you think he's just making up stuff right. about why these girls are calling him and saying, that's my other sister. And then you do find out with one shot of him walking into the room that he does have seven sisters. Uh, and the reveal, this is a more subtle one, that on the, 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 when the movie opens and the, the blue suit jacket he's wearing, that he doesn't normally dress that way. Every now and then, I think it's Louise Guzman who brings it up first. Louise Guzman says, why, why are you wearing that? Uh, that the, the clothes we see him in throughout the movie are not his normal clothing. For whatever reason, he's decided to start wearing his jacket and tie. Um, I love those two bits from Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Which character is Barry Egan in that? That is Louise, that is, uh, Emily. Emily. Watson's character. Okay. <laughs> oh, she's the British girl with the issues. What was the IMDb thing for her? <laughs> That's right. I forgot what that the was. British girl with <laughs> epilepsy. <laughs> no, how did they put that? I love that. I love that. Oh, it's too bad. So the uh, IMDb synopsis for Punch Drunk Love is a psychologically troubled novelty supplier is nudged towards a romance with an English woman, all the while being extorted by a phone sex line run by a crooked mattress salesman and purchasing stunning amounts of pudding. <laughs> nice. This one's a little better. Yeah. Was that P.T. Anderson's pitch <laughs> to Emily Mortimer? That uh, could be. Emily Watson, how dare you? Emily Watson. Wait, someone said Mortimer? 
Uh, we mentioned her. She was in a Nicole Holoff Center movie that we mentioned last week. Never mind. If I said Mortimer, I mistook. I misspoke. It's Emily Watson in Punch Drunk Love. Uh, other runners up from you, gentlemen. Um, yep. All right, Kelly Wand, down to you. What is next week's? I can hardly wait. Next week's three by three topic. <clears throat> oh God, he's clearing his throat. Three uh, best uses of psychic powers by a high school student. Oh God. No, J.K. Um, I could have done that, Kelly Wand. We should wait on that. Okay. The Cody Smith McPhee movie. Or the other one. How dare you call it that? Oh. The girl one. Wait, is Cody Smith McPhee in Carrie? He is, isn't Chloe he? Moritz oh. Grace. I thought he was talking about the road. Jingleheimer. Wait, what's the one where they're both in it? A that, Chloe Moritz uh, Grace Cody Smith McPhee movie? It's uh, Let the Right One In. Right, right. But let he's not in Carrie, I hope. No. Okay. He plays John Travolta, but not in that movie. <laughs> um. Three best. Grease. Three best. <laughs> Cody makes reunion. Grease. <laughs> That's what Dingus likes. Out of all the things I've said in it, that's the one. I've got chills there multiplying. I'm just imagining him doing that. Is that a song from the movie Grease? No. I got chills multiplying. <laughs> Is that a lyric? I remember, I'm a Grease 2 apologist. I think it's got weirder songs. And there's a part where a guy seduces a girl in a fallout shelter by making her think it's going to be a nuclear war so they should have sex. It's like Porky's, but he sings it to her. He sings the end of the world to her. That makes me think there's a seduction scene in a B-25 in Steven Spielberg's 1941 that I quite like. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, uh... Is that Nancy Allen? Yeah. She's wow, a, and one of the guys from Animal House. Fetishist. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, and there's that hot moment where he pulls the, uh, it's the, it's not a joystick, it's one of those normal controllers, and he pulls it back, she's sitting there and it like yanks her skirt up, and I, as a kid I remember seeing that going, oh, what's going on? What is, <laughs> that movie's great, am I wrong? Is it? I don't know, should we see it again? Why didn't anybody vote for that? It would be my vote now, because I want to make you guys, because the last time I saw it was like five years ago, and I was like, this movie seriously needs to be rescued from, uh, and- uh Obscurity. Isn't the goofy Japanese submarine commander like Toshiro yeah, Mifune or something? Yeah, it's super racist. And everyone in the whole movie is like screaming with terror the whole movie. And John Belushi, Lenny and Squiggy are in it. And it's just like shit just explodes and falls apart every scene. And people have sex. It's great. Man, we should watch that. All right. All right. Okay, so go ahead. I cut you. I was just thinking, thinking of The Divide as a musical when you said that. That's eggs, and Nancy Allen likes plans. <laughs> and that one guy likes Dumbo. Okay. Next week's 3x3 three three is going to be three best head injuries. All right. Three best head injuries. Any uh, elaboration needed on this, Dingus? Do you have any questions? I wouldn't ask if I did. Yeah. Uh, so if you have any picks for your three favorite head injuries... Uh, you can do more than three, fewer than three. Just pick your one favorite head injury in a movie. Send it to 3 by 3 at quarter to 3 com. That's the number three, the letter X, the number three, at, and you spell out quarter to 3 com. 
Uh, as usual, I've been remiss men- mentioning this, but please follow us on Twitter at at QT3. It's mainly a lot of nerdy video game stuff, but we put some movie things in there. Like us on Facebook. And an announcement next week. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to this. It might already be October. But throughout the month of October... I will be co-writing with a fellow named Chris Hornbossel, who sent in one of the submissions this week, uh, a series on horror films. We're doing 30 Years of Horror. Uh, Chris came up with this idea to trace backwards 30 years from the introduction of CG and look at how horror progressed. So uh, he mainly did the work himself. He came up with this really cool list of 30 horror movies. One a day throughout October. Uh, you can see the list. We'll be posting that. Uh, we'll be watching one of these and, and writing up a few comments about it. We would love for you to join us for any of those uh, and participate. They, they proceed chronologically from 1957 through 1987. And good Lord, I hope we get out of the 50s soon. Uh, Wait, is that the year? You said that was the year CG was invented? Was no, it's uh, Chris sort of felt that 87 was... After 87, and you can read more uh, about it in a post that, that he, he will have written on quarter to three this week, that that's the year that things kind of changed largely due to things like CG, uh, different approaches to special effects. Um, it's a little arbitrary, but it lets us stake out 30 years where there's a wide range of different types of movies. He just felt like that was a good, the 57 to 87 divide uh, was, was a good range there. So he did the math, not you. I did no math for this. That is correct. You're responsible I only for the vetoed. Drive. I only vetoed like a. I didn't veto any picks as we were winnowing it down. Uh, there were a couple of movies I really fought for us keeping, um, but for the most part, Chris did the hard work of picking out what movies. We got input from folks on the forum. It's an interesting list, and there's even things on it that I've never seen, or there are even a couple things on it I have no idea what they are. Um, so it's October. Great time for horror movies, so one new horror movie every day. Uh, Join us for that on the forum. Um, And uh, next week, in addition to talking about our favorite head injuries, uh, we will be seeing Gravity, uh, the new Alfonso Cuaron movie. Uh, Join us for that as well. Uh, And yeah, that's enough uh, Tyler Perry for me for, uh, I think, quite some time. What? He's in Gravity. He's the admiral in it. Don't even. That, that's the terrible. No, he's the head of NASA. Dingus, is he lying? Of course he is. He's the head of NASA's like Starfleet Academy. Okay, I don't. You, neither. I don't trust either of you guys. Anyway, my name is Tom Chick. I've been joined by uh, Christian Malinsky. It's Christian Morosky. Why do you always correct me? That's what I said. And uh, Kelly Wand. It was a good reveal and down periscope on the periscope on down. <laughs> Yes, yes, Kelly Wong. Did you have this game when you were a kid called the Jaws game? And it was like this plastic shark, and you had to like pull toys out of its mouth with this hook. I do remember that. Yes, it was basically Operation, but with a bunch of plastic junk. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like the if you had to the, pulled out too much weight, the mouth would slam shut. Do you remember that? Why? Do you have a copy of that? No, but I was looking. Can we play I was later? Missing it. I'll bring it next weekend. It's something. One of the things that it's like a lot of the stuff that you have to pull out. It's like uh, there's a skull and a boot, and there's a wheel, and there's a gun, and some of them don't have things to hook on, so you just have like a little thing. But there is also a noose, is one of them, which I always found really interesting. <laughs>
Not just because of its kids game, but because the, the shark. So he ate. So that shark ate an executed criminal. Oh, I saw it as like a suicide victim. Like she hung herself, or meant to, and then a shark ate her before that. Man, that's dark, Kelly Wan. Yeah, yeah. So game's a bummer. But the wheel's not a bummer. You are like three crazy people. <laughs>